What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 107 of Beef's Beef. Uh, got BJ with me as always. This is true. This is true. Yeah, I had to give uh, him a pause. Not as always, but as most as of the time. As the most recent past. Yeah. We'll say that. Yeah. So, um, before we start, just like always, want to make sure we let you guys know that we are sponsored by Crystal Lackey at Century Mortgage. I was telling BJ before we started today, it's pretty cool to know that we are sponsored by Century Mortgage with Crystal Lackey, and so is 93.9 The Ville, the yeah. radio station. I heard it today on my lunch break. Well, obviously, a lot of people have heard of Century Mortgage before, too, but this is not some little-known company. Yeah, I mean, that should show you guys that we're not just dealing with some Santa Claus company. You guys, this is a company that you can trust. It's got people there you can trust because one of them I consider my friend. Uh, one of them the Empire considers uh, my sister, but <laughs> she's just my friend. Uh, I will assure you of that. Uh, but like, like as always, give her a call, 502-615-0743. Check her out online at centurymortgage.com backslash capital C, capital L, A-C-K-E-Y-C, Lackey. Uh, as always, Century Mortgage is an equal housing lender, MNLS number 3925, Crystal Lackey, MLS number 1735979. And once again, we've talked about how allegedly other things have happened, but I don't know if you know about the big craze, don't let people catch you lacking. You ever heard of that? Yeah, I've heard slacking. No, 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 lacking. Okay. Not slacking. This is different. Allegedly she was the originator of this movement. So I don't know if you know what the movement is, but you might have to do a quick Google search. Don't let us catch you lacking. I might have to do that. Yeah. We probably can't watch it on air, but. <laughs> I'm, glad, also, I'm glad you said that. Probably for anybody under the age of 12, you probably shouldn't look it up. I don't know what the, or 14 maybe. But yeah, it's a, it's a pretty interesting thing that she originated, so. What's crack a lacking? Originated by Crystal Lackey. Don't catch you lacking? Originated by Crystal Lackey. I forget what the other things that I mentioned previously. Rumor has it that she might know Bruce Willis. Why would she know Bruce Willis? I'm just saying that's the rumor I heard. <laughs> all right. I got a little birdie who tells me everything. But after that's all unsaid and done, I want to go to my favorite part of the podcast, right? And my favorite part of the podcast is obviously the intro because I still haven't created a great name for it. And I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball in here today. I got, I got one for you. What? BJ's number games. I like that, but I think we can it's put too clever a, for you. I know. Yeah, we yeah. can put a spin off of that. So the curveball that we're throwing today is you're actually going to be a part of this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to slide this sheet over across that you have not seen. I haven't. Because as you can tell, there's a substantial amount. Seven has been the best number. We're on episode 107. Okay. But we're going to recap the number seven and give you some factual evidence. So i got to read the ones that are obviously on my page. Exactly. So I'm going one. You go two. Let's knock some of these bad boys out. Obviously, if you have anything you want to add to it, please do so. That's why I'm keeping you involved in this mix. But I thought we'd have a little fun with this today and then we'll finish off with the number game that you mentioned before of the nfl player and nba player i've nice got one of each that's my favorite thing we've done so far i thought you've been having some fun with it hopefully our listeners have been having some fun i've got to tweak and change some things but we'll get it cracking i tell you what let's do let's change one thing what so instead of me giving time in between them 
I'll write the first one down, and then we'll go to the second one, and then I'll write the second one down, and I'll give both my answers after the second one. That okay. way people can have time to think about it, and I'm not giving the answer away. I think that's a great way to do it. I'm 100% good with that. So starting off, this is an easy one, and I always lead in with an easy one because you got to get your brains working, right? So seven days in a week, hence the number seven. That's pretty easy. That's There's also seven colors in a rainbow. Which surprised me because I did not know that. You even. didn't know? You've never heard Roy G. Biv? Yeah, I have heard that, but I also did not ever count those well, let's, numbers. Let's check. Do you know what Roy G. Biv stands for? Yeah, red, green. No, Roy G. Biv. That's the colors in the rainbow. Yeah, but you just said it completely out of order. Roy, red, orange, yellow, green, uh, blue. I forget. So I is indigo. Uh, is, yep. Violet. Yep. Thank you. Um, there's also seven continents in the world. Can you name the seven continents since you want to quiz me? I can do that. North and, North and South America. Okay. Antarctica. Yeah. Australia. What is that? How many is that? North and South America. Four. Antarctica, Australia, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Okay. Well, we'll take that. But I would have liked you to say Asia first next time. <laughs> of course. I should have said it last just to spite you. Yeah, I knew it was coming. So, uh, number four, humans have seven layers of skin. I'm not going to ask you to do that because I don't even know that one. If you but I know, I like, I've heard it and yeah. I've know, I knew that that was a thing, but I, I don't think I can. Name well, it. I was going to demonstrate the seven layers, but I don't know Let's if we have enough band-aids. Okay. I'm not trying to see that. Yeah, I don't know if we have enough band-aids in here. Um, on to the next one. Each airplane in Boeing's line of passenger jets is named with a three-digit palindromic number. I probably butchered that, but it begins with a number seven. 757, 747, 7 something 7. Yeah, so on and so forth. 767 was probably the one that I loaded the most whenever really? I was at UPS. Really? Seven fives were a decent amount, but 767s and Airbuses were the ones that I. That it's a big I, uh, boy. Uh, it's kind of big. The biggest ones are, what, 7.4s? Seven 7.4s are huge. I'm sure Zach's going to correct me. It's been so long since I've been out there, but I'm sure Zach, whenever he listens to it, will like, come on, bro, you know this one's been... 7.4s, I'm going to be honest with you, were very intimidating to load. Really? Oh, man. They were so intimidating to load. Because it's like, just like that one, there's... Uh, what's I can't think of the other one, what the other one's called, but there's one of them that I loaded a good amount as well. Um that were kind of what I was told by uh, Joey's dad, who was a mechanic there. Yeah. It was a waste of money to even load them because we're not sending them on a long enough trip for us to pay for the fuel. Really? Yeah. And um, I was, what did he keep always You probably got to have some pretty big engines in yeah. those. Yeah. And the turbines or so whatever. So you had to load what was called the P section. You had to load the rear P section of it, and then you had to load the top side up to a certain position, and then you had to load the uh, front P section and then the belly, and then you could put the last cannon in the top. Oh. It was because of weight and balance, dude. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some of that was kind of I miss sometimes because it's like you're really competitive and you're like, dude, we got to get this done. Right. And just working under pressure is fun to do sometimes. Yeah, until something goes wrong. Yeah, which happened every once in a while. I actually did not have a load delay the entire time I was a supervisor until my last day. Really? Yep. That's pretty impressive. So, uh, Number six, James Bond's secret agent number is 007. He was also noted for driving the 7 Series BMWs. Mm, I like James Bond, and I like BMW 7 Series. Uh, seven Deadly Sins, you might have heard of them. 
pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. Sloth? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting one to finish with. How do I know? I feel like that's something I would remember. I don't remember that being in there. I think I've committed that seven deadly sin quite often. Sloth? Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea what that is. I think that means like being lazy, essentially. I, I've uh, probably gluttony. I, th- I think everyone in the world has. Oh yeah, glut- has been gluttonous. I think gluttony point. is my biggest struggle, and maybe maybe a little bit of pride. I would say less. That's on there for yeah. for you as well. Yeah. And uh, so, wrath probably. No, that's probably yeah. Probably, wrath. Yeah. All right, so seven dwarves in the movie Snow White. Can you, I, na- can you name those? No. Sleepy, grumpy, dopey, dewy, dewy. dizzy, <laughs> this dicky, dummy, the, the, uh, dorky. This isn't, what's his name, Scrooge McDuck's nephews. Can you name them? I can, uh, you named most of them. Did I? Grumpy, dopey, doc, sleepy. Nah, I can name like four. Yeah, that's tough. I couldn't remember all of them, but I did give you that one intentionally because I thought that might warm you up to this idea. Uh, giving you a Disney one might help you out. Um, I also wanted to mention 7-Eleven, your personal favorite store where you get your personal favorite soft drink, 7-Ups at. So shout out to them. I don't mind 7-Up. Well, sponsor the podcast, 7-Eleven <laughs> and 7-Up because that's your favorite, Beef's favorite. Uh, a ladybug commonly has seven spots, which is actually pretty interesting. I never knew that. Yes, I didn't know that either. And I also wish that it was on every ladybug because then you never know the difference in any ladybug whatsoever. But to each your own. Um, your favorite movie, and this is actually truth on this one, Seven Pounds with Will Smith, Rosario very, very Dawson, true. and Woody Harrelson. And fun fact about that is Woody Harrelson actually attended Penn State. Hanover College, just down the road from us. Oh, wow. I did not know that he went to Hanover. He was actually a roommate with our good friend Morgan Wilder's father, Larry Wilder. Did not know that. Yeah. That's how I knew that, but that's a fun backstory. Obviously, Woody Harrelson is a pretty popular guy. Yes. Number number 12, most of the mammals' necks have seven bones. It's important. you gotta you got to hold up that long neck of those mammals. On to the next one. Seven has the highest probability of occurring as an addition when rolling dice. Also, seven is the sum of any two opposite sides on a standard die. I did know that one, but I did not know the first fact about the, about rolling the dice. I know. You know what the first thing I thought of? Craps is cheating us. Because if you roll a seven, yeah, pass line. So, yeah, that's why they do it. The house always wins, bro. Number 14, some of our country music fans will, will like this one. He's actually one of the few country music guys that I actually like. Oh, good. Yeah, so this is actually a pretty cool fact that you gave me. Sevens is the seventh album by country singer Garth Brooks, released in 1997, consisting of 14 songs, which is two sets of seven. It's funny because we've had a bunch of people who have done, you know, their numbers. Their third album, they named it three or whatever. That's what you were saying the other day, yeah. yeah. Four, no, it was four that did that. I think it's been the last couple. I mean, I don't remember what five was but or six, but there's been popular bands that have done it, so that one didn't shock me whenever I saw it, besides the fact that he went so far as releasing two sets of seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's just for his seventh album. 
Um, this is another one that's not a hugely popular thing for me, but I know it is hugely popular. In Dragon Ball Z series, there are seven crystalline spheres known as the Dragon Balls. Each Dragon Ball has a certain number of stars on it displaying its respective number in the set. So shout out to all the Dragon Ball Z fans. Yeah. Which is not me. That not it, me either. Okay. I was no. just waiting for you. No, really pretty much the only anime thing that I like is Pokemon, if I'm being 100% honest. Yeah. I did like Pokemon. I still would say that I would consider myself a fan. I was part of the Pokemon Go craze. I actually never deleted it off my phone. Yeah. And I loved that game on Game Boy, too. It was so much fun. I never liked the video or the movie or TV series, though. It was I pretty. Mean, I liked it, I guess, just because I got so into the cards and the playing the game on Game Boy. Yeah. That's a huge business now. We used to go to uh, big trade shows, and they'd always have a booth out there. Yeah. So, number 16. The number of celestial bodies visible to the naked eye is seven. The stellar objects visible to the un to unclad eyes are the sun, the moon, and the five planets, namely Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Earth is a stellar body, but since we are on it, it is invisible in the sky. I had to put that on there because I knew you were going to grill me if I didn't put it on there. No, I honestly wouldn't have thought of that. It was kind of interesting, but... It's kind of tough for me to think of anything clever. You did a really good job because it's kind of tough for me to think of anything clever to say yeah. because I'm reading it. Yeah. So just so you guys know this, I don't have these things memorized. He literally gave me a sheet, so I'm reading these well, off Well, while I'm reading this next one, you might want to read number 28 then because number 28, if I remember correctly, is something that you might have to uh, make some adjustments to. Okay. But, but on my next one, I'll stick with outer space steam and tell you that seven is also the number of stars in the constellation The Big Dipper. Okay. Which I like the Big Dipper. I like the Little Dipper, too, but only seven stars in the Big Dipper. Number 18, seven-year itch is a term in psychology which says that the happiness in a relationship begins to drop after seven years of marriage. That's kind of sad. That was very sad. I almost didn't put it on there, but I thought that one was kind of important because I thought <laughs> if, if you're going through it and it's year seven, it's not your fault. I didn't mean to laugh. I'm just reading ahead in the next one. I don't know why it's funny to me, but it <laughs> is. <laughs> I'm just... Well, I'm, I'm glad you're liking the list so far because it is two full pages, so I wanted to make it enjoyable. But 19 will be another one that would not be enjoyable for you or myself either. But in Harry Potter series of novels by J.K. Rowling, seven is said to be the most powerfully magical number. There are a number of references to seven in Harry Potter, but I'll feature a couple of them. There are seven total books in the series. Jenny Weasley, no clue who Jenny is, but... I don't know if her mother liked her, how she spelled her name. G-I-N-N-Y? Come on. You got the name yeah. or something better than that. But she's the seventh child and only daughter of the Weasley family. And to me, if your last name is Weasley, I kind of know where you stand. You're probably very Weasley. You know what I'm saying? Harry Potter was born in July, the seventh month of the year, for all you mathematicians out there. Wizarding students must complete seven years of school at Hogwarts. There are seven secret passages leading out of Hogwarts. Seven is also the number on the back of Harry Potter's Quidditch robes. Professor Moody was also hidden in a chest with an underground cubby. Now, feel bad for the guy. You know what I'm saying? Probably don't want to get hit. Put the dude in his cellar? Yeah, that was very disrespectful. He sounds like an older gentleman. His name's Professor Moody. Sounds like an older gentleman they were locking down and trying to, you know, do some not nice things too. But it was locked with seven locks and uh, Harry Potter in the Goblet of Fire. In Quidditch, each team consists of seven players. 
chapter 4 of book 7 is titled The Seven Potters. Lord Voldemort planned on making six horcruxes, objects certain, excuse me, objects that are containing part of his soul. That's a little sketchy as well, too. I probably keep my soul in one spot, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But his soul would exist in seven parts. He made an extra one making seven horcruxes. So I had to give a little shine to Harry Potter because we bash on it so much. And I've got a feeling a couple of I don't really think our, we've ever really bashed on it. I just, I think I said I never really had interest in watching it. Well, let me go ahead and take this moment and say that it's trash then. <laughs> okay? Um, I gave you I 10 will, minutes of my time. I'm allowed to say that it's trash after. I will say this. Yeah. Um, I believe I read somewhere that they are about to come, or that another book is going to be written soon. Oh, good thing it hadn't been written yet. Yeah. What was it? You said another fact a little bit after the beginning there that I, um, I can't remember what it was. I feel like it was oh. just after that one. What do you mean? Just after the the seven books in the series. Oh, um, seventh child, Jenny. Oh, yeah. There you go. Seventh child as well. Really. Seven of eight. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so I can I can associate with that one. Yeah, at least you have a semi-decent name as well, too. Yeah. Good nickname, semi-decent first name, much better than Jenny. Yeah. So this is the one I laughed at. Again, I, I don't think anyone else will really think this one is that funny. It's just I don't know why this was one of the facts other than maybe you're just a big Jessica Biel fan. The Huge. name of a television show, Seventh Heaven, yeah. is our 20th fact and that's literally all it says is the name of a television <laughs> the name of show. a television show but you seventh knew, heaven you knew where my mind was going you know what i'm saying shout out to <laughs> jessica beale i figured that was the only reason it was on there but when i saw it i was like why is that one of the facts that's a very popular show to who i think a lot of people, people that don't have cable which one's bigger the brady bunch or seventh heaven brady bunch is <laughs> way bigger dude. brady bunch only had five seasons it doesn't matter i guarantee you, you could say brady bunch and everyone's gonna know what it is i don't know the mother's name on seventh heaven but she was a beautiful young lady as well too so shout out to the beautiful young ladies of seventh heaven which i watched on occasion when jessica beale was on there which um, was the entire time well, I don't know if she was on. I mean, I'm sure she was on every episode, but I watched the featured episodes of her. You know what I'm saying? Uh, number 21 for me, there are seven basic musical notes. It's do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti. In Indian music, there are seven notes as well, too, but those are sa, re, ga, ma, pa, da, ni. I was going to sing them, but you know what I'm Tony saying? Tony will probably know that. Really? Probably. And so I probably mispronounce all of them. Yeah, I can't wait for Tony to text me tomorrow. BJ totally butchered that part. But I gave the Indian music a shout-out. So how many people were going to do that, Tony? You know what I'm saying? Keep that in mind whenever I mispronounce all those. (laughs) Number 22, there are seven types of viruses according to the Baltimore classification. And I don't like any of them. Let that be known. Viruses are not good. They can stay away from me. We're both big virus haters. Yes. And I disinfect everything in my house because somehow my family has been sick 27 times this year. It's because you got kids in the house, bro, and they don't care about germs. They are very dis- They also don't wash their hands after using the restroom. Which means they don't care about germs. And Uncle B's had enough. You're going to wash your hands. I'll stand by the door and make you wash your hands and check them after. But on to my next one, the Kofor International Direct Dial Phone 
to Russia and Kazakhstan. You knew I had to bring it back. Hadn't had it for a while. You know, I'm a big Russia fan. And Kazakhstan, isn't that where uh, Borat's from? Yes. I knew that was going to be a good reference. But seven's also the number of digits in American or Canadian telephones, not including the dial I'm surprised tone. you brought up uh, Canada with how much you hate them. I love Canada. Um, not Drake, actually. Not a big Bieber fan, not a big Drake fan. So you hate Canada because those two are two-thirds of what make Canada. I think that is probably their most popular individuals, right? Yeah, their most, I think their biggest export is Drake. Steve Nash. Steve Nash is from South Africa. Yeah, you did that to me last time before, too. Yeah, because that's where he's from. Okay, fine. Number 24, wrong. George Carlin in what perhaps is his best-known routine, quotes, Seven words you can never say on television. You know George Carlin? I do, but I've never I've always heard that, but I've never like looked up and watched that. Yeah, he's a comedian. A lot of the modern day comedians that we talk about now look at him as one of the originators of modern I feel day like comedy. He, he and um my mind just Pryor. went to that point. Huh? Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, like two of the godfathers of comedy, yeah. according to a lot of like like, like current comedians, yeah. Where the state of stand-up comedy is currently, it would not be there without those two. Yeah. Ch Chappelle probably pushed it even more forward, and then a lot of other guys, you know, even like a Chris Rock and some other guys who opened Eddie avenues. Murphy, I think, is one. Yeah. Eddie, Mur Eddie Murphy. Even Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy, to me, on stand-up is funnier than Eddie, but... A lot of people will hate on you for saying that, but there's a lot of people that are in the know would agree with you. Yeah. Like or, people that just like are just like, oh, yeah, I like watching it. will be like, what is he talking about? Charlie Murphy ghost wrote for a lot of people that a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. And even his stories and even his stuff on the Chappelle. It's, I'm talking specifically about stand-up comedy. I'm not saying what movies they've been in. I'm not saying what characters they've played. I'm saying in stand-up comedy, I love Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy, to me, is hilarious. He's actually good friends with Rogan as well, too, as I think was. everybody is. Yeah. Charlie Murphy's dead now. Yeah, was. I but uh, Chappelle, actually, after his uh, most recent stand-up, he, he released an epilogue, and somebody asked Tim asked him to tell a Charlie Murphy story. Okay. And he said, he said, he told a story, but he said that Charlie Murphy was the funniest person that he knew and it wasn't close. Really? Yeah. He, he said that those stories that he told, like he was the best storyteller he had ever met. Yeah. I heard stories of them going out to eat and you've got all comedians together and Charlie Murphy was kind of the godfather of those meetings where he, he would take rain, he'd sit at the end of the table and he'd lead that conversation. So that I mean, doesn't you just, shock you me. You got to think the Rick James story on Chappelle, yeah. the Prince story when they played basketball. I mean, that's two of the most iconic episodes. Rick James is probably probably the most iconic episode that they ever had on Chappelle. I think so. I mean, that's the one that's It's not my of, favorite, but it's probably the most iconic easily. It, to me, it's, I mean, it's funny, but it's not hilarious. It's a true story. Like, yeah. it's <laughs> something that actually happened where they were playing basketball, and then or, he served them waffles after. And That's the Prince one. The, yeah. The Rick Excuse James me. one's the one where he got punched in the face with the, with the, <laughs> with the ring, and it left the indention on his face. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, man. I'm... I may go back and watch Chappelle's show soon, just like straight through all three seasons. They gotta have it out somewhere, right? Comedy Central still have the rights. Somebody. I'm not sure. I, I think we were watching that Jeremy's on Hulu the other day. We watched a couple episodes. I, I can see it. It's so good still, and I still, like, we were showing Daphne his girlfriend some of it, and I'm like, Jeremy, show her the very first episode, and I, Daphne, I want you to tell me how this show made it past the first episode because. I can't believe that they let him stay on TV after he did that in the first episode. Yeah. Well, it was such an odd setup of a show, too, because they had those clips, but then he was, like, announcing it, and yeah. he would put his tidbits in. And clearly he 
beats to the rhythm of his own drum type of deal. He doesn't really care what Some your opinion is. Some of the stuff is. that was on there, it's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, Clayton Bixby was the very first episode. Yeah. That's the very first episode. <laughs> how did, like, how that show stayed on TV, I have no idea. But yeah. I'm very happy it is. My, that's by far, like, I don't care. That's my favorite show ever. I love really? that show. I've seen every episode multiple times. Like, I can still quote every episode. It's, it's my favorite episode ever. He's my favorite comedian ever. So Man, there's been so many good shows, too. I liked Entourage when Entourage was out. I was early on a Dexter fan, but that quickly faded. Um, the uh, Oh, what's the Danny McBride one, the baseball one? Eastbound uh, and Down. Eastbound and Down was very – like, the first season may have been one of the best seasons of any show ever. It's hilarious. And then, like, second season was pretty good, and then it went downhill for about two or three seasons. And then, like, the last – the last season, season and a half, were fantastic again. See, season two was... I when think he went I, to Mexico. I watched that, and I don't think I ever saw any of season three. I actually had them bought, all of them bought. Same thing with Entourage. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is up there for Great me. Great show. The show that was on recently that I like is Snowfall. Underrated TV show. I don't think I've ever even heard of that. It's a very... It's on FX. You know, it's not for everybody. That's how I word it. But it's a very, very good show. And that just ended the season finale. And then, obviously, you'll have people who will say Game of Thrones. You'll have people who will say Sons of Anarchy. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is great as well. Yeah, those will all be in there. But I guess it depends on genre, so those are all pretty good We can't good also ones. forget to hate on The Office because that show is overrated. Yeah, highly overrated. I mean. I actually had a good conversation this weekend with a friend about that show. Yeah, because I said, you said good conversation about it because I finally got someone to see my point of view on it. Which is what the office has very funny parts. Of course, there's parts that I have laughed. You don't laugh, or you don't last. How many seasons? Yeah, Seven, I mean, eight, the, whatever. It's it was. funny. Yeah. I, I will never. The, the character show, play is funny, but that show is by far the most overrated show of all time. Yeah, I'm just I, like people talk about how it's the greatest show ever, and like they'll finish watching it on Netflix and then immediately start it again. Come on, dude. Well, it just made me think of one I forgot: Workaholics. I would watch Workaholics, Workaholics. was the same way as uh, Eastbound and Down with me, man. It started no out strong. Oh my yeah. gosh, those first two or three seasons. Yeah. That was one of the best shows on TV, and I was like, dude, I don't think I'll ever get tired of this show. But then, like, it just seemed like they ran out of jokes. I thought even in the ending it was hilarious. Like, the last – I think Dalia was in the last season, wasn't he? That- well, that's what I'm saying. Once it got to the end again, it got strong again. I'll say a show that I thought was strong all the way through, that was The League. Yeah, The League, the league is was, – The League was solid, dude. Yeah. I was very disappointed when all of those – it's amazing how some shows you feel like they could still go. You know, for a while there was that Tosh.0 craze – um, a cult classic would be Blue Mountain State. There's a million great TV shows that'll be, you know, cult classics for everybody. That's yeah. all personal opinion. Um, the number seven plays a significance in roles in Game of Thrones, though. That's my next one, so that was a good lead-up. There are seven kingdoms in the land of Westeros. I'm, I'm hoping that's correct. I couldn't tell you. Never seen a single episode. Uh, there are seven hells and heavens. Not a big fan of hells. I mean, I'd like seven heavens, but not a big... We already told you I like Seventh Heaven. You know what I mean? Seven deities in the major religion. The holy text of said religion is referred to as the seven-pointed star. Sounds a little sketchy to me. Seven heroes embark north of the wall to capture a white in season seven. What's a white? W-I-G-H-T? No idea. Sounds very inappropriate. A Song of Ice and Fire, the series the television show is based on, will contain seven books after author George R.R. R. Martin is finished writing the series. 
got to give Game of Thrones a little bit of love because we hate it. Yeah. Well, it looks like uh, reading this list, we finally get to something that is about what this podcast is most known for, mm. which is sports. And it's about time. I, second of all, how many more do you have on your list? Thirteen. So you have thirteen left on yours. Well, I couldn't let you know. I wanted to split it in half, but I wanted more because you know I'm the one who introduced this introduction. All right. So there are seven ways that a batter can reach base, which I did not know when I was researching that. Safe hit, base on balls, fielder's error, fielder's choice, hit by pitch, catcher's interference, and drop, drop third strike. Whenever I read them all, I, yeah, I guess there's I eight knew. now. Why? Because that minor league thing. What? The uh, where you could steal first base on a pass ball at any point of the, at any point of your at bat now. At any point of at any at-bat? point of your at bat, you can steal first base. Why would they add a rule? Like I that? don't know, but it makes the game it makes the game crazy. It make the game yeah. go by faster. You yeah. get a pass ball on your second pitch, and it goes all the way to the backstop. You're still in first. You know what rule I want to add? What's that? It make it like Red Rover, so the first baseman can block you from first base and not allow you. That would be sweet. Well, do you get to hit the first baseman too? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to stand in the way and put your arm out and try to stop him, you know, it's just like Red Rover. you got to try to get to first base. But, I man, guess. that'd be very interesting to watch. I mean, you basically already do that with the catcher at home plate. Well, not really. They ch- kind of changed the rule. Yeah. You can't be in the, you can't be in the uh, baseline unless the ball, unless you're going to field the ball or you have the ball. Well, so you, I mean, you still – so you have to be out of the baseline unless you're going to play the ball or catch it, or you have it. But once you have it, then you're You can get in the line, it. yeah. So there's still some major collisions, I'm guessing. Yeah, but you had a lot of guys getting blindsided. Yeah. Which is another good movie, too, by the way. Uh, Blindside. Sandra. Shout out to Sandra. Yeah. Well, the seventh inning stretch is a popular thing as well, too. Do you know the origins, or do you know who was the inventor of the seventh inning stretch? Uh, seventh inning stretch. I'm going to guess Harry. Wasn't Bill Murray. I'm going to guess Harry Carey. Harry Carey is actually a good guess, but it was not. It was a president, the 27th president, a guy who you didn't even know was our president, William Howard Taft. How did I not know? What do you mean I didn't know he was our president? Well, I didn't think you could name all the presidents. I can't name all the presidents, but I know his name. Okay. Like, if he had given me three people and his was one of the names, I'd have said he was one of our presidents. Shout out to William Howard Taft. I think you're bluffing. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Number 28, in the, in the rule sets used for U.S. college men's play and U.S. high schools for both sexes, a team begins shooting bonus free throws once its opponent has committed seven personal fouls and a half. Yeah, we had to put both sexes in there because apparently we don't talk about female sports enough. Who said that? I can't tell you. Anonymous sources. So, shout out to the females. They get to shoot free throws. I'll go ahead and tell you this. Tell me. I I definitely appreciate females. Yeah, me too. Just Uh, not female sports. I didn't say that. That's your words. No, I was asking, was that what you were going to say? No, I I didn't say it. That was your words. I did not say that. Well. Because I had a a hefty debate with Steve at at one point because you and I both don't like soccer. This is a well-known I used to love playing it. Never liked playing it. I've never liked watching it. None of it. Yeah. So when we had our season tickets, on the printout of the season tickets, it said, with this, you get a free, go to, get to go to one of the men's soccer games for free. Yeah. 
was That's like, pretty I, cool. I don't care. I'm not going to go to it. Right. And Steve was like, well, let me have yours. I said, okay, well, here you can have it. Yeah. And I said, okay, let me ask you a question. I said, which, what would you rather go to? A men's, a men's soccer, college soccer game. Right. Or a women's college basketball game. Oh, for me personally, definitely a women's college basketball. And that's what I said. He said I was nuts for saying that. I would make that debate. I would watch high school girls basketball over a men's, any soccer game. If you said women's soccer, I'd probably be more inclined to watch the women's soccer than the men's soccer. I would be one that, yeah, I'd, I'd say that. I think you all are pretty decent in soccer, though, aren't you? I'm be honest with you, man. I see people share stuff about it all the time, but that's how little I pay attention. I don't yeah. know. I think I, I think our women's team beat somebody good the other day, but like I said, oh, recently, like two days ago. Yeah, I feel like I know it said upset so and Monday? stayed undefeated. Oh, but I undefeated. don't know who. But I don't know who it was. Yeah, yeah, that's not a. Uh, I don't like soccer. I'm sorry, I don't. Actually, I'm not sorry. I don't like it. It's boring. <laughs> Congratulations, you can run for hours. I can't do that. I'll give you respect for doing that, but that game's not fun. You take the goalies out, I'll start watching. Yeah, if they scored like or let them or let them fight like hockey does. Yes, you let soccer now players. You're on to something. If you let them fight or you take the goalies away, I'll watch it. Either one of those. But if you keep the vuvuzelas and you score half a goal a game, I'm not watching. What'd you just say? The vuvuzelas. I don't like vuvuzelas. What is vuvuzelas? The thing that sounds like a bee that they brought out in the World Cup like uh, ten years wah. ago. Yeah, it's so annoying. Yeah. Obnoxious. I don't care about the colored smoke after a team wins. How did you know that that was called a vuvuzela? Because that when Will Ferrell hosted the uh, ESPYS, yeah, he made fun of it and he said that it, he accidentally swallowed one, so he kept talking like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, so that's pretty a, impressive. Yeah, your knowledge of soccer is more expanding than what I remembered it to be. Um, in team handball. The number of players on each team, including the goalkeeper, is seven. And I don't know if you know this, but I was almost a professional handball player. At New Albany, we had a couple of different sports that we were playing. Volleyball was one of them. You know, I wasn't very good at volleyball, so to speak. But That's be- kind of weird with you being that tall. Well, but so the part after that was but because of my size and length. You know, and I also had my good friend Alex Kraft. Shout out to Alex Kraft. She helped do a lot of my homework. But she was on. Statute of limitations. Nice. Correct. She was on the volleyball team, and she was very good. So me and her made a lethal combo right there. And then we had my good friend Deidre Fetz on our team, too, who was a setter. So, yeah, I'd bump, Deidre would set, and Alex would spike, and it was trouble. You know what I'm saying? We were bringing that heat. So the next one, um, this is a little-known fact that a lot of people don't know. I used to run cross-country. Really? In high school, I did. I think you did mention that. Middle school and high school. Yeah. Some great stories that could come from that, but that will be for another episode. Oh. But in cross-country running, a team traditionally consists of seven athletes. Cross-country is a tough one. So you hate soccer for people I ran cross-country strictly to get in shape for basketball. That's it. Yeah. Didn't like it. Won't defend it, so if you want to bash it, go ahead. I literally just ran it just to get in shape for basketball. I'm actually not bashing it at all, but that's why I played soccer, so that's why it was interesting to hear you say that as well, too. But, yeah, cross country is a different type of shape than basketball as well, too, because it's constant middle-level running, right, instead of burst of – I could run for days, though, when I ran cross country. Yeah, Yeah, it'll help you, I guarantee it. I know a lot of people who did that. Um, In water polo – each team is allowed to have a maximum of seven players, one of them a goalkeeper, in the playing area of the pool at any given time. 
So shout out to a couple of little known sports, handball, polo, cross country. And then ultimate, I'm guessing this is ultimate Frisbee? Yeah. In ultimate, each team has seven players on the field. And I actually know a professional ultimate Frisbee player. He is husband of former coach Alan Butts, who was John's coach as well too, yeah. his daughter Katie's husband. So that was a long looping circle. Yeah. But he's a professional ultimate Frisbee is, player. I love how you said he is husband. Right. He is husband, yeah. Well, I didn't know at first because I was trying to do the math in my head of how to correlate that. But now we'll finish up with your favorite segment of it, and we'll have a little bit fun. I brought you one NBA player, one NFL player. I'm not going to tell you which one's which, but obviously from the hints, there's no way for you not to know. Okay. So and again, like I said, I'm going to write this down. Yeah. So he'll get he'll give you a little bit of time in your head to talk about it. But well, in case you haven't seen the last couple of, or listen, probably not seeing much of it. But in case you haven't listened to the last couple of episodes, what we're going to do is we're going to give you hints in sequential order. These are sequenced as to how much I think they will help you, and your job is to guess the player. These players today, since it's episode 107, will both have worn number seven for the majority of the career. They could have worn other numbers in their career, but they are mainly known for the number seven. So that's the concept of the game. So starting out, the first one was born in Port Angeles, Washington. Not Los Angeles, Port Angeles. Okay. And in Washington. Number two, this player has a twin sister, which I did not know before this as well, too. On to number three. He was the number one recruited player in the country leaving high school, and he received over 60 scholarship offers. To me, that was a lot of scholarship offers. I don't know how many people are receiving today. You know, you hear of these kids, they can go anywhere they want to in the country, but how many people actually receive a scholarship offer? 60 of them is a lot of them. On to number four. He was also selected by the Kansas City Royals in the 18th round. Fun side note, this is not a hint, but the Kansas City Royals also selected another NFL future player with their fourth round pick in that draft. So Kansas City was really keying on the football players during this draft if you didn't catch the future NFL player reference. Hint number five. And this will help you out a little bit more. To me, this one is key. Spent his entire NFL career with only one team. So I know that doesn't give you a ton, but you got to think of a player who is only with one team. Number six gives you a little bit of his credentials and his accolades. Two-time Super Bowl champion. One-time Super Bowl MVP. Nine-time Pro Bowler. NFL and college numbers are retired by the teams he played for. He is a Hall of Famer, and he has multiple franchise and NFL records. Some of them have been broken now, but I think he still has a couple NFL records as well, too. And last but not least, I wanted to give you seven hints because it's episode number 107. I think and, I know who it is. And this player wore number seven. This one will be the telltale one, whether you're correct or not, and anybody who doesn't know will get it on this one. Has won a Super Bowl, as I already mentioned, as a player and a GM 
and is currently the GM of the Denver Broncos. Yep, I knew it already. Who am I? So that's your first one. Pretty fun one. And I'll be honest, the hints that were on there were very tough. Did not know he had a twin sister either. Did not know that. And I think until you got to number five, the hints were very vague. Um, So I'm going to guess that the other person that they drafted the Royals was Bo Jackson. Mm. Not a bad guess because he did play for the Kansas City Royals. I'm not sure time frame if that was the exact time frame. But that's not who it was. But that's not who it was. It was actually another quarterback. Nice. Dan Marino. Was it really? Dan Marino. Wow, dude. Well, you just gave away what position the guy played. Yeah, I was hit number eight quarterback, but uh, I didn't have that on my paper. Yeah. But But Dan Dan Marino was the one who was drafted in the fourth round, which I never knew that as well. So, obviously, Dan Marino never played in the MLB, but could have been pretty good, I guess. So, on to the next player. Same concept. I'm going to give you seven hints. We'll start with the first one. Now, this one's kind of a little bit easier. Uh, when I tell you where he was born at, I think this will be a key hint, but I still put it as number one. So he was born in Split, Croatia. So, uh, uh, Croatia is not Split. That's where he was born in. I already got it. Yeah. I, I knew that was going to happen whenever <laughs> I said that. On, on to number two. His father was a famous goalkeeper for a local soccer team. Hint number three, he won Croatia's National Amateur Golf Championship in 2011. That one was very intriguing to me. 2011. He won the Amateur Golf Championship in Croatia in 2011 as an amateur. On to hint number four. And I see what that did. That threw you a little bit like, oh, is this guy right? Is it wrong? It's not right. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. So, Because uh, I'm changing it now. Well, you can change it to whatever you want to, but potentially you could be right or wrong. I threw that one in there on a curveball oh, no, on you, purpose. Okay. No, I, I'm still right. I'm not right. saying nothing. I'm still right. Could, this player could and did play all five positions in the NBA. So that that is a key hint right there for a lot of people. He was – one of the probably first 20 players who played in a positionless style of basketball. There's many players who played before him. I mean, Magic was obviously one of those multiple guys before that. But, yeah, could play any position on the court. Hint number five, he played for four NBA teams. The NBA teams he played for. Let me see if I can name I can name at least three of well, them. Well, don't name them in order. Okay. okay? Uh, the Sixers. Sixers is the first one on my list, correct. Of course, it's the first one on your list. Yes, that is also correct. Was, did he play for the Raptors? No, not the Raptors. For, obviously, the, I'm not going to say the, mo- the, the most obvious one. The most obvious one is third on my list. I'm trying to think of the other teams he played for. I feel like one of them he got traded to, but he never played for them. But I don't know. I don't, he, I he actually played for all four, but there was two who he was most known for. One he ended his career with. And then the other one. I don't remember who he ended his career with. So so he ended his career with the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, I do remember that now. And actually he said he would come back and play another season if the Milwaukee Bucks would take him back. But the Milwaukee Bucks had a full roster. The other two teams are the Bulls and the Atlanta Hawks. So, oh, man. I seen you say it now. I remember those. Yes. Well, he got traded. Big trade. I, I know this is not a hint that's on my sheet. But he got traded for a guy by the name of – Dikembe Mutombo, you might have mm-hmm. heard of him, 
from Philadelphia to Atlanta in the Dikembe Mutombo trade. So big, big piece of that. Hint number six for you, even though I just gave you a very subtle Oh, I already knew who it was. Yeah, I, okay, you don't have to brag on here, bro. Three-time NBA champion, one-time NBA six-man, FIBA World Championship MVP, FIBA Eurobasket MVP, FIBA Hall of Famer. So pretty extensive international basketball career, but also pretty illustrious NBA career. Hint number seven, final hint, which is a two-part hint. This is the one for all you people out there who do not know who this is currently. This one's going to help you. Once had a teammate stay on the bench because the game-winning shot was drawn up for him instead of the other individual. He also drew close attention from a guy, you know, you might have heard of him, by the name of Michael Jordan in the 1992 Summer Olympic Games. So there's a backstory about that. If you're a basketball fan, you will know what the backstory is. Well, I guess you, could, you should have mentioned Pippen as well because they both did that. So the Pippen was mentioned in the first part because Scottie Pippen was the player who would not come off the bench because Scottie Pippen wanted to take the, the game winning shot. The players today are so selfish, dude. Yeah. Millennials, man. Just so selfish. Hate them. There was never selfishness in old-time games. We're not millennials, are we? Yeah, we are. Really? Millennials start 81 to – 80 or 81 to, like, 93 or 4, something like that. That's kind of disappointing. I don't care that I'm a millennial. Why? It's whatever. Well, every decade or whatever, that's obviously more than a decade. Stuff like that is kind of like zodiac signs to me. Like, I don't really think it really means anything. Yeah. So the first one, since we've already given you a little bit of time, the first one, I guess his sister looks like the Denver Broncos mascot as well because that's what I feel like he looks like. Probably could be true. John Elway. John Elway is correct. And you've been spot on on all these so far. Yeah. I think it's my last hints that are giving it away. Uh, the Elway one, um, I got that one. Five helped the wheels turn, right? Did you have it at five? What was, what five was, was spent his entire NFL career. Four was drafted by the Kansas City Royals. Uh, five was one was, was the one they gave it to me. Yeah. Uh, the second one I got on the first hint, and you knew that I would. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, Tony Kukoc. I knew I should have pushed that one back further. I should have done his father was a goalkeeper as the first one. The cool hint that was thrown in there was the national amateur championship. See, I started to think amateur as a young child. Right. And I was like, wait, no. Amateur just means you're not professional. Right. So, and that was after his playing career. So yeah, I threw a that lot in there. after his playing career. Well, I think he he actually retired in 06 or 07. Wow. Yeah, he stuck around for longer than what I expected or remembered because he was originally drafted in 91, I think, but he didn't come over until 93, I think. He came over the year after the Olympics. He came over the year after the original three-peat as well, too, because then Jordan had gone to baseball or got allegedly kicked out of the NBA. <laughs> conspiracy theory. Didn't know that was a conspiracy theory. You've never heard that? No. David Stern banned Michael Jordan from the NBA for his gambling habits. I, the, the conspiracy theory that I've heard that it wasn't really the flu, they was hung over. That is true. I, I mean, it, no, you said it was food poisoning. No, I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. You said it in, a, in one of the fact things. Well, he might have allegedly had food poisoning that was caused I have, from... I have heard that it was uh, a hangover, though. Yeah. 
we heard a couple of those. Somebody we were we had last week in my uh, intro was suffering from a hangover as well too. I don't remember who it was. I don't know. Yeah. But lock of the week, we brought it back two weeks ago or three weeks ago, something like that. Um, this is also my favorite segment. Too. Opposite of the week before, I did well. You did not. Yes. I shouldn't have. You know what I'm learning? When the opposite one of us follows the other lead, like when we were doing the competition, when I would bring one of the questions to the table. Only No, that's not true because I brought a couple of them, and I only won one. Right. But that, well, yeah, so how I, many did you bring? I brought like three or I brought You did two the or three. soccer, and you won the soccer. Yeah. I forget what the I other one I brought the very did. first one, the WNBA one. No, I did that. I suggested you oh, come yeah, on. You're right. You are you gonna did. suggest WNBA. Come on. What do you mean? I don't. I don't. I told you I don't mind women's athletics. Yeah, you said that on air with a mic in front. of I you. would say it when we're off off air. Okay. I guarantee you, I watch more women's sports than you do. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I go. I attend Louisville women's basketball games. I watch on a regular golf basis. Every once in a while. I would say you watch more of that. I watch women's tennis. I watch Seventh Heaven because that's Jessica not Biel women's was on there. sports. Well, okay, I didn't know for sure. All right, sure. so last week I took Louisville covering the nine, covering uh, spread of nine. Yeah, I never finished my thought though. You can't follow what you're doing. I'm I'm done doing that. I'm, I'm sorry, ten. I'm never going to do it again. That's fine. I'm just telling you who I, I took Louisville covering the ten point spread against WKU. And I took the Philadelphia Eagles covering the point and a half spread against the Atlanta Falcons. Which should have been covered if my main man Nelson Aguilar would have. He didn't get hurt on that play though. No. Yeah, they put him in concussion protocol when he dropped that pass. His you no, know, that was from earlier in the day, and he came back and played and dropped that pass because Boy, he was concussed. Carson Wentz was getting battered and beaten, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was not. You all got to get no, our whole team. Line. What do you mean, our boy Carson? We lost Alshon Jeffrey. We lost um, Deshaun Jackson. He didn't even play at all. Yeah, it's not not a good day for us. We lost Tim Jernigan, defensive tackle. Um, I forget who else. Uh, like we said, mm-hmm. Wentz was lost injured. Nick Foles. He yeah, he was very. Their starting quarterback now is pretty cool though. Yeah, but McCown didn't play bad when McCown comes in and McCown McCown's drives. The, they talk about Brady being the ageless wonder. Yeah. McCown, I feel like he's been around longer than Brady, but they said he's the third oldest quarterback in the or third oldest player in the NFL behind Brady and Breeze. Really? Mm-hmm. I heard them say that when I was watching your game. When yeah, he we, came in. We pulled him out of retirement. Man, he looked good. I, I was happy to he's have him. He's one of those guys, man. That what I was kind of saying about Brissett. He's never going to win you a game, but he's also not going to lose you a game. He tried to win us that one. He was the first but one who got he? our offense started. Well, they took him out. It's it's a third down, a key third down, and they took him out and put Wentz back in. I'm just saying he's a good game manager. He's not going to go over and beyond and do something spectacular. He's yeah. going to make the right play, but he's not going to make, he's going to lose you. Again. But I think with our offense, he could win us a game by making the not right play. Not with what you all had out. Not without having your two best receivers in the game. We, even without having those two, Ag, I know Aguilar had that key drop, but Aguilar was a first-round pick, if I remember correctly. A, Maybe. Aguilar was a high draft pick out of UFC and a phenomenal receiver. And then he had mental issues. You know, he's seen mental coaches about drops before in the past and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was worried about it. And then um, who else do we have? We have, uh, oh, Mac Collins, North Carolina receiver. Yeah, shout-out to Mac. And then Ortega. I forget the other last name he has. That's the that's like that Spanish salsa, ain't it? Yeah, he is very much Spanish salsa. 
All right, so who are you taking this week then since you don't want to follow me? So this – no, it's not follow you. It's follow your lead. You took your favorite team, the UFL Cardinals, so I followed your lead and I took okay. my favorite NFL team. But this week – Well, here's week, the thing, though. You're throwing that at me like I'm the one that told you to do that. No, I didn't. I just said when I followed your lead. You never told me to do that. I subliminally, subliminally was forced to do that by your creative paralysis. Yeah. So this week I'm staying away from your subliminal messages and your creative paralysis, and I'm going with the Carolina Panthers, who are currently 0-2, and they're traveling to the Arizona Cardinals. And this is a pick'em game, which shocked me, because okay. Arizona is 0-1-1, and Carolina is 0-2. Carolina needs to get a win. If they're going to compete in that division, they're going to have to get a win. And so they're going to go on the road and beat the Arizona Cardinals. You want Cardinals. a fun fact about Carolina? What? The last time they started 0-2, you know what happened? No. They went 14-2 and and went to the Super Bowl. Well, I don't need them to go 14-2, and but I need them to win this week. So that's a that bodes well in your favor. Yes. So, that um, is a fun fact. Thank you very much. I'm going to go with my lock of the week with the team that I have picked – this will, second, this will be the second time that I've picked their game. Recently? Yeah, because I lost on the I lost on it the last time because you all won. Oh, and yeah. And I'm taking the North Carolina Tar Heels as three point favorites over App State. So I you, think you guys will win by more than three points. You're switching it around. I am. Before you took against us, you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little bit worried because not worried about winning the game, but we beat South Carolina. We beat Miami, and then we lose to Wake Forest. And preseason, when I looked at the schedule, I had probable loss to South Carolina, probable loss to Miami, probable win to Wake Forest. So now what I'm worried in my head is – Are is, you going to go opposite? Is South Carolina and Miami worse than what I was expecting in that bad, or is North Carolina that good? Who knows, but I'm taking the Tar Heels covering the three. I like it. I actually think it's a very good pick, and I hope that we cover for you, which is rare that I hope you win. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. See what I did there? I you didn't it. think I had you, but I still got you. Yeah, you subtly got me. <laughs> Subliminally, I'm cheering for you. All right, so the FIBA World Cup ended what, over the weekend, I guess it was? Yes, Because right, right I think pretty weekend. much everyone in this continent stopped paying attention to it last week. Well, not everyone, but most Most people. everyone did. Yeah. Uh, Spain, I was intrigued because the timeless wonder who you mentioned earlier, Luis Scola. When did I mention Luis Scola? No, you mentioned timeless wonder. Oh, yeah. But Scola was killing it. He always reminded me of the Ricola commercials with his name. <laughs> like, I feel like you and could... And his look. No, you could just say his name as the Ricola, and it would work Luis fine. Scola? I don't, I don't see how you're doing that. But. Luis Scola. See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Scola. Yeah, okay. see? Yeah. Just like Ricola. you got to kind of give it that twang. you got yeah. to. Yeah. Twang. Yeah. No, you got to give it the oomph at the end. You, just weren't, you don't remember the commercials very well. I watched a lot of Prices Right when I was a kid. So. Yeah, so did I. So, who, Spain played who? Spain ended up playing Argentina in the championship. It's kind of crazy to hear Argentina back in there, even though they lost all those players. That's what was amazing to me, losing the people who they lost. They still have a good team. Compazzo's still a very good guard. Obviously, Scola was killing it. Scola had like 28. 
but uh, Spain beat Australia to get to the championship game, which one, two, and three were Serbia, um, U.S., and Australia, and then Spain was actually in the mix at four. Um, we beat, Team USA beat Spain in a friendly in our first scrimmage actually in the U.S., and I was very high on our chances at that point. And then once we lost to Australia, they kind of exposed some flaws and weaknesses. But Argentina beat Serbia. And to me, Serbia, once again, was the team to beat. And then we lose to France. <laughs> Nando DiColo came to play. Dude, very well could be an NBA player who a lot of people don't know of, but chooses to play overseas. Um, we mentioned him last week, but Frank Nita-Lakita, a kid is nice Is that the Knicks point guard? Yeah. Yeah. Nice little addition to that team, and then Gobert goes out of his mind and just dominates us, and then looks like trash against Argentina. But so Spain won the FIBA World Cup, correct? Spain ends up winning, and Spain has been on the verge of winning for multiple years. I wish that Pau would have been involved with it because you know he was the one who kind of brought them to the forefront. Rubio ended up getting MVP, which was I saw his stats, and I was like, yeah, he definitely deserved that. Yeah. But it was just surprising to me because he's going to be with Phoenix next year. And essentially, Utah kicked him out of the door with a small contract in comparison to a Mike Conley is who they brought in with a monster yeah, You already contract. know my feelings on that. Right. So it was an interesting trade-off, but they Spain looked pretty daggone good. Yeah. I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch any of it. I saw the stats, and I saw – because that was Saturday morning, actually, when it ended, because I saw the – Stuff whenever I was watching football in uh, Nashville. I think I was still awake from doing the fireworks show. I didn't go to bed till 5 a.m. that night. Ugh. Yeah. We got done cleaning up around – we started to leave there around 1.45. Had to go drop all the trash off. Had to clean out the truck. Had to drop stuff off at my house. Was starving. Grabbed something to eat. Went home. Got in my bed at like 5 a.m. <laughs> Brutal. And then I had to drive Greg at 9.45, our good buddy Greg Belden. Had to pick him up. Where'd you take him? I had to take him to 4th Street to get his vehicle. So I had to drive up to Henryville, pick him up, drive him down to Louisville, drop him off, and then I went home and went straight back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, over the weekend as well, Saturday night, I made the trek back from Nashville. Uh, didn't think I'd actually be home in time to watch it, but the Tyson Fury fight happened. Before we get into that, too, did you see what I posted today? Steph and Lillard I committed. I did. That is, that is a good sign for the Olympic team. I kind of figured it would happen like that. Some of these guys need a break, and I don't. It, the FIBA World Cup doesn't really matter at no. this point. I, you and I want us to win, and I f- feel like most basketball fans expect us to win. Yeah. But at this point, that's about building guys for the future. Yeah, I want us to win by building guys to the future. Yeah. That's I agree with you 100%. I think this we should use that as a opportunity for these kids to learn the international game, learn some of the international players, because like we said with Scola, you're seeing the same guys every year. So if you can get a good read on what they do, I think you've got a chance for success against them. Yeah, for sure. But you still want to win. Yeah. So Lillard and Curry are in. Draymond has already said he's in if they will take him. I hope I hope we don't. I mean, I think he's a good piece for international. Ball. I think we can get better pieces because I, I don't feel like his jump shot is good enough to really consider him a good piece. It, the line is shorter. The I don't, it doesn't line. matter. He still shoots like he has a backpack on. Yeah, 
But if it goes in, I don't care how he shoots. Um, I think P.J. Tucker was a huge piece that we lost out on this year. And I think Did he quit because he was hurt or he just quit? I never heard. I haven't heard. He, he removed his name from the drawing. If I, we have the pick of the litter, I don't want him on the team. P.J. Tucker? Yeah, I don't care to have him on the team. I feel like we can get better players than P.J. Tucker. With the Tucker. team we had this year? No, saying? I'm saying we already have two of the best guards coming to play next year. Right. So, seeing that, that's going to that's gonna springboard more people to want to play. We are not going to need P.J. Tucker. I don't even want that to do on the end of the bench. I'm with you, but what I'm saying is – this year, I think P.J. Tucker would have been a huge I agree. I agree factor because in international ball, your power forward position is a swing forward and also is typically one of their best scorers on their team. And so that's where P.J. Tucker, a defender who can also yeah. knock down the corner three, comes into play because the corner three is not as prevalent in international play as it is in NBA play because of their defensive rotation. Let's just not put Corey Brewer on there. Yeah, you saw that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, worst shooter in the corner on both sides. That's pretty bad. So I get we don't want P.J. Tucker on this team. or I, I mean, I still actually would take him. I, don't, I, I wouldn't want it. If we had the pick of – any players we wanted? No, I don't want that dude on the team. Well, if you, of course it's the pick of any players you wanted. But I, I still think he's a, a – like, I think we get caught up in USA as taking the most talented players instead of creating a team. And the thing that these other countries do is they play good basketball and they create a team. So we've got to figure out – and that's why Plumlee was on the team this year because he's a guy who they felt like could be a piece that would help them as a team. So Draymond, to me – in this roundabout way, is a better player than what P.J. Tucker is. He brings more value to a team. So that's why I say I am not opposed to having Draymond on the team. But I hope, obviously, KD probably is not going to be there no. coming off his injury. I would say Kyrie's probably not going to be either if they've already taken those two point guards. Clay, well, uh, Clay's I mean, coming off of an ACL. I'd be very surprised if he plays. But Kyrie played with Steph before in it. Well, I'm saying, but you already have two point guards. You already have him and Lillard. You really think they're going to take three point guards and Kyrie's going to sit that much? Uh, that's what I'm saying. If I'm Kyrie, don't you think that you're playing over top of those? You think he would play before both of them? I mean, I'm saying if you're Kyrie. I like Kyrie more than, than both of them. But yeah. I don't think that the international game, you're going to have to play Curry before any of them because of his shooting ability. It's actually opposite. In the international game, Curry will get exposed on the defensive end. He gets exposed in the regular NBA. Yeah, but in international game, it will be bad. And they play a lot more physical as well. It also too. depends on, I know this is a cop but it also depends on who you have around them. Right. Because just as bad as Steph Curry is a defender, Kyrie's not much better. No, I disagree. Ky Kyrie is a much better defender than Steph Curry. I'm saying he's he is better, but I'm not. And you know I love Kyrie, but Kyrie's not a, the greatest defender either. Well, out of those three, Kyrie is the best defender. I'd probably give it to Lillard over those three. No, Lillard plays hard. With Curry definitely being last. Yeah. Lillard plays hard, but Kyrie's the better defender out of those three. And then, you're correct, Curry is definitely last. So, it would be yeah. interesting to see who we get. That's something I never understood. Why does Curry get away with not being a good defender, but Harden gets bashed on so much? Like, people really don't notice that Curry's not a good defender at all. Like, the stuff that Kyrie did to him, like, just as much as LeBron bringing that team back in 2016, yeah. it was just as much Kyrie just absolutely dogging Steph Curry those last four games. Yeah, to me it was more so Kyrie than LeBron. Like, if you don't – the way I see it is if you don't have Kyrie, they don't win that game. Yeah, you know, but if you don't have – Yeah, 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 I know you're <laughs> 
Yeah, that's why I'm saying just. That's why I said just as much. It just doesn't get talked about as much because LeBron won his city a championship. Right. But they're saying Kawhi won't play because Kawhi's not going to play for Pop. So that's a huge piece that, man, he would be phenomenal in, like. That's weird. He still has that. It felt like they kind of they kind of crushed that a little bit last year. Yeah. I never understood what it was. You know, I've, Well, Pop kind of, no pun intended, he kind of popped off about Kawhi. Well, all he said was that Parker had the same injury and Parker had been back for two months. And to me, that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Obviously, I'm not saying because I, I love Pop, and I, I think a lot of uh, most of the times I agree with the things that he says. Right. I don't know. I like I can see both sides of this one. I guess I should say it didn't end well for him. That's no. that's what we know. And so if Kawhi does not play for us because of that, man, that's a huge blow. And if Kawhi doesn't play, then is PG gonna play? Because PG I would already bet had, he, I would bet he would. PG had that gruesome injury with Team USA. Yeah. And then his teammate is Kawhi, who is not going to play. They're saying that PG is probably a good chance that he's not going to play. So, Anthony Davis, we need him. They say LeBron's aging. He doesn't want to play. I think he said after the last one that was his last one, didn't he? So, think about it, man. If if Lakers are making a push for a championship, is LeBron going to have AD stay there and try to get better? Same thing with Kuzma, depending on what Kuzma does this year. I don't, I wouldn't put Kuzma in there either. I think Kuzma was going to be, I mean, obviously Kemba was the best player on this team, and then Donovan Mitchell was the second. I think Kuzma was the third best player on this team. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, is that really saying much? They finished seventh place. Yeah. It, it doesn't, to me, that doesn't really, like, there's just as much as I said about P.J. Tucker, I say the same about Kyle Kuzma. I'm not putting Kyle Kuzma on next year's team either. If we yeah, could. Tatum was in that conversation. Jalen Brown was in that conversation. Chris Middleton was in that conversation. None of them really played great. No. Tatum did until he got hurt. But. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. That I would have to think about that. Um, I don't know. I, there's, I, didn't, I didn't realize Kawhi had already said he's not playing. No, he hasn't said that. That's speculation. See, I felt like they kind of crushed all that last year, or smashed all that last year when all that stuff came out. Man, I sure hope so because I think Anthony Davis is probably the most important piece to us because when you think about somebody who can be a perennial defensive player. And he can shoot. And he can space the floor. Like, he's probably the most important piece to us. And the – discrepancy from him to our backup center. Who else? Like, I think you might put Miles Turner on there again. See, that's the thing. I don't think Miles Turner was a bad piece. I just think it was a bad piece with this team, if that makes sense. Like, I just yeah, I don't, I don't even, think there was enough playmakers to really – for him to really play off of. I think Gobert killed him, and that's what's scary to me. Gobert doesn't But there's the thing. Gobert's going to be playing against Anthony Davis. Miles Turner's going to be playing against a backup. Potentially, depending on rotations. But I've never seen Gobert – chew a guy like I saw him chew Miles Turner. Yeah. And that's worrisome to me. But I'm saying, do you know of any other center who you would potentially put on there from the U.S.? Like, I can't think of another one. And not of a player like that. Right. I mean, I'm just trying to think of the centers in the NBA. And Bede's, and Bede's not, a, not from right. here. Um, Obviously, Gasol is already playing for Spain. Yeah. He's not with us. Um, Jokic is Serbia. Drummond is not a good shooter. Yeah, but Drummond might be somebody we needed. DeAndre Jordan or Drummond? I see. I would rather have Miles Turner or either one of those guys because you just the thing is is free throws. 
it yeah. gets down to crunch time, and you don't want either one of those guys on the floor. Well, those two guys are historically some of the worst free throw shooters of all time in NBA history. DeAndre started shooting pretty good this year. I still can't trust him. Yeah. So you got to do it more than one year. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see who comes out and plays and who doesn't. Yeah. So um, that that Fury fight, though, I I drove back from uh, Nashville Saturday night after the game. It was, I don't know. I was like, well, I'm not gonna make it back in time. The fight was scheduled to start at 11. Yes, I after got, the UFC fights. Yeah, I got home at 11:35, and I was like, well, I, I guess I missed it. Let me look on my phone see who won. As I'm picking my phone up, Bloom Fury fight about to start. All right. Oh, so I open it. I was like, oh, it's only on ESPN Plus. Cool. Pop it up on my TV. Yeah. To see this dude come out. And I'm like, is this wrestling? What is going on? Right. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever watched because the guy's not from Mexico. Right. He's a gypsy, though. Yeah. It was it was very odd. Um, do you want to give any thoughts on the um, beginning or pre-fight no. activities? No, I wasn't impressed with it. I mean, it's, it's such a show. I, I do want to give a pre-fight analysis, but not of his intro. Okay. I think Fury might have made a mistake, mistake going with top-ranked boxing. Because think about it, how much did you hear of this Fury fight before I told you about it last week? Like, had you uh, heard of it I had heard else? Be, just because of Grant. Okay. But besides Grant, who's a savant when it comes yeah. to boxing fan, I'm also going to read something. He literally texted me. Uh, exactly an hour ago, and I told him I didn't even read it. I'm going to read what he said on air whenever we talk about fight. Good though. analytical breakdown or something. Uh, it looks like it, yeah. So when he signed with Top Rank, their promotion of him I expected to be phenomenal because he's the face of it basically at the heavyweight division. It's not been the case. So the way I found out about it was obviously. I like boxing as well as MMA, so I'm looking into it. And then also, you're a big fan of El Presidente, Dave Portnoy, and he did a pizza review with him. And that's how I heard a reminder of it and went, oh, yeah, that's coming up. And obviously his opponent was not expected to do much, but he was an undefeated fighter. and mm -hmm. He impressed me, to be honest good with Good Swedish fighter. He, he impressed me a lot more than the last guy that fought him did. Yeah. Uh, Swartz. Yeah, so – uh, first off, I had asked Grant if he wanted to come on today to talk about the fight. Yeah. So he says, you can see by now that I won't make it. I had a text written up but forgot to press send. Uh-oh. So, so uh, it said, Tyson looked like trash, but he engaged his opponent more than usual. So he was a little more exciting than he normally is. Uh, if Valen was, wasn't completely gassed by round eight, he could have maybe stopped Tyson. From 8 to 12 rounds, he threw almost nothing until the 12th when he hurt Tyson. Right. He, was also, he also diverged completely from throwing anything to the body or strategically fighting and threw almost everything mainly to the cut he opened up. I'm more excited for the Joshua Ruiz and Wilder Ortiz uh, fights, a couple of fights that will hopefully be competitive. Yeah. I think he hit the nail on the head, and that was actually in my notes. I had that. Volan was winning the first two rounds in my scorebook. Yeah. And how he was winning them was going all body, but going a lot of chest shots as well, he too. He was staggering uh, Fury a couple of times. I saw him staggering yeah. him a little bit, and it was, it was like it was surprising him. Well, it was odd because you don't see a ton of boxers go to the chest, but it's the seven-inch reach advantage yeah. of Fury. 
and then it's his movement and it's him switching stances and Volan was not intimidated or not scared of the moment at all yeah. so I thought he looked very good like you said um, I did not fully understand the final scorecards they had him at 116 to 112 that one was probably the closest that I had it um, but the other one was 117, 111, and then a 118, 110. To me, I have no clue how there was a 118, 110, but to you each thought, their own. You thought it was too, that was too big of a discrepancy? I thought that was a wide margin, whereas to me, like Grant said, 8 through 12, 12 was maybe the only round that you could potentially give them. I, I saw a change in the fight. There's typically a, a point in the fight that it changed it. It actually wasn't the cut for me. That didn't change I it. thought the change of the fight, not to interrupt you, was the part when he went after the cut. I thought okay. it kind of woke up uh, Fury again where he got when really he mad. Yeah, when he poked at it. I thought that was kind of when I saw the fight because it was like that was his last chance, last-ditch effort to kind of end the fight because of the cut that was on his head. He was right. like, maybe if I hit it and make it bleed more, he won't be able to see. And then it was like, okay, you just woke up a sleeping bear that's been sleeping pretty much this entire fight because he knew he could sleepwalk through you. It, to me, it felt like he worried way more about his intro than he did that fight. And that, to me, it showed. He got surprised by that in the second round and to cut his eye open. And then when that dude did that, he was like, really? Yeah. And that was when, to me, the fight changed. Well, Volan was dirty boxing him, and he was getting him in the clinch and throwing a couple of shots. He was warned multiple times for low blows, and he was also warned multiple times for rabbit punches to the back of the head. So to me, I think that's I how you like fight I felt like that Fury. was almost like the... The McGregor, uh, yeah. it, he kept ducking his head. Yeah. Like, to me, like, that, you're going to get frustrated. And he was meant to, he was doing it to him to, to make the guy mad. Right. But uh, Fury kept grabbing him. Yep. Fury wore, it looked worn out. He looked out of shape bad, in my opinion. Fury looked like he was having a tough time judging distance because the thing that made sense to me was he didn't want to be on the end of his punches once he had that cut open up because yeah. one punch is finishing that fight but when he was getting in range then fury is only able to throw you know short shots so it didn't make a, his adjustments in fight are what was worrisome to me the interesting thing too is this is supposed to be you know it's widely known or widely spread that fury versus Wilder it's gonna is, happen is next in winter. They're speculating in February, right? Yeah. But Fury had to win this fight, and then Wilder has to beat Ortiz. And I think the much tougher of the two matchups is Ortiz. Ortiz. Yeah, because yeah, Ortiz is a Cuban missile who has already been caught for juicing. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, that's not put the horse before the carriage. But I don't think... Fury overlooked Volan. I think Volan just had a great game plan and fought a good fight. And obviously, it still wasn't yeah, even. Yeah, I guess for him. me saying that does kind of take credit away from what he did because I felt like he he, he came out like you said and, and did some good things. Yeah. It just felt like at some points he was sleepwalking through that fight, and then yeah. once he poked that cut or whatever he did to it. It seemed like it made him mad, and that was when I felt like he really, really started fighting. It definitely made him mad. You saw him, that reaction. But what I started to say before, and I never finished my thought, I apologize. I went no, on I, a I tangent. No, I interrupted you. Just my bad. Well, I went on a tangent. But the, the part to me that was the change in the fight was in the sixth round, the referee calls up the judge doctor, the doctor at the ringside, mm -hmm. and has him inspect the cut. 
and you can hear the exchange and Fury is telling him right away, I can see, let's go, mate. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's ready to get back in there. So to me, Fury knew in his head he needs to push the tempo and push the pace because this cut isn't getting any better. Yeah. No matter what they do in that corner, that was a pretty big gaping cut. Yeah, right? it was bad. And so you can only put so much Vaseline on it each time. Yeah, I mean, that one time he came out and there was <laughs> – they are like, dude, you got to do something about that. There's way too much on that. It's a huge glob. It yeah. was like a quarter of a Vaseline bottle yeah. on the side of his <laughs> it's face. It's like, yeah. Wow. And it, to me, I almost felt like they did that to buy a little bit more time, Absolutely which I they was did. worried about. Absolutely they did. But that's not helping that cut anymore. So that's my change in the fight was that sixth round because he started pushing the pace. And it's like I said, the rounds that were right before that, even when he got mad, I think that was the fourth round, I didn't have him winning a ton of those rounds. Like, So that guy touched that in the fourth round? I think, well, think about it. He split him at the end of the second. Yeah. Or it was either See, end I of the second like or third. See, I felt like it was after that when he when – he when he hit him, I felt like it was the sixth or seventh round when he when he pushed at his. No, eye. no, it was before. Wow. Yeah, it it was. So I can't remember if it was second or third when he actually split him. I it was think the sec- second. It was the yeah. second round when he split him. But it was literally last ten seconds of the round. Yeah, because it was like he comes out in the third round and they're like, uh, or or Fury's got uh, a big cut, and I was like. When did he get hit? Yeah, they were showing it. That's what I like about ESPN Plus is a lot of times they don't, excuse me, they don't go to commercial, so they'll stay with it. And yeah. they were showing the highlight because they didn't know if it was a accidental headbutt or a clash yeah, of heads. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool to hear that sideline guy go and talk to his trainer. Yeah. It was like, what, the fifth or sixth round? And they're like, hey, you guys do realize that the judges ruled this, that this was a clean punch. So if they call this because of that, he loses. Right. And he's like, oh, no, we didn't know that. Yeah. So that that's a that was something cool that I thought that I was like, man, I can't believe that they're actually getting this access to talk to him during the fight like this. Well, I don't think you should be able to tell their corner that either. Like, I mean, their corner should know that, but that's as a reporter. I well, don't. Well, I feel he like should've... that's something that both of them would have known anyway at some point because I think well, they had clearly just, the guy did well, know that, that. Didn't hadn't they just ruled that though? No, it was so that happened. Like I said, last ten seconds of the second round. In the third round, beginning of it, they bring that same guy Bernardo, or I, I forget what his name is, yeah, um, who's a sideline commentator, and he gave the ruling by the judge that it was by that short left hook that yeah. split him. And when you watch, he it, thought you that can he had gotten uh, elbowed or something. They right? thought or, clash of heads. Yeah, yeah. or yeah, clash of heads. Because that is, you know, this from experience. But that is a very sensitive area, yes. and that is a very common thing to get split there. Like yes, that. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. The more I watch fights, though, it's or boxing. I feel like boxing is coming back for me. At least it's getting to be where it's entertaining for me to watch again. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to watch the Lomachenko fight, which I'm a little upset about. I think that one was pay-per-view anyway. You know where the disappointing thing? I tried to get on ESPN Plus today and watch that Fury fight again, and it wouldn't let me do it. So I don't know if you can watch that Lomachenko fight on replay Mm. on there. But um, watching the last Fury fight with Grant, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Watching this Fury fight, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I I can't – I don't care who I get it with, but – I'm definitely wanting to get that Wilder Fury fight. I, even the Wilder Ortiz fight. To me, yeah. Wilder's one of the most entertaining boxers to watch anyway, just because yeah. he's a massive human being and there's such a show. I, I, that's why I just want to see the Fury Wilder fight again, because there's so much of a showmanship between the two of them. Yeah. It's. And they're both so huge, The dude. thing with that matchup with Wilder is Wilder can be down on the scorecards the entire fight and still win that fight with one punch. And yeah. Wilder... 
there's nobody who you can train with who mimics Wilder style because it's not a so correct, yeah, it's not a correct technical boxing style. It's throw haymakers and throw caution to the wind, and it's one punch and you're done. Yeah. So that will be a great one, but he's got to get past Ortiz, and I'm telling you, Ortiz is a problem. Ortiz is a big, strong, good technical boxer, and Ortiz will not be an easy out when, for When is that fight, do you know? I don't know. I tried to look it up, and actually they didn't even know for sure if that was the next fight originally. So I was just looking it up, and he's saying, yeah, he's going to go past Ortiz, he's going to win, and then he'll fight Fury next. Um, I just saw an interview with him, I think, the end of last month, August 31st or something. But it's got to be coming up here soon because if they're projecting February, mm -hmm. then my guess is that fight's within the next the month next and a month, half. Yeah. yeah. Is it, I mean, you got to have them, um, you got to give them a little bit of time. The interesting one to me, too, is Ruiz versus Joshua. Because if Ruiz wins again, Joshua's kind of out of the equation. And if Joshua wins, then does Ruiz get a matchup and do they do a trilogy fight at that point? Which I would not do a trilogy fight, three fights in a row. But who do you square Ruiz up against to get Ruiz to get that? Yeah. Third shot. Um, so something that came out May 29th, 2019, said that according to the L.A. Times, Lance Pugmire, who was told September 7th or September 28th, is likely the date for a heavyweight main event. So if that's the truth, then it would have to be September 28th. Well, it's been a while since May, so I'm sure there's more information out there. But I don't. I mean, that was just that was just me looking pretty quick on the fly. Yeah. But that would be next Saturday if that's the truth, and I would say that that's probably not true because we haven't heard anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard more about the Joshua versus Ruiz fight. And uh, I, I do think that the Wilder fight is coming up soon, but I don't know the exact date. Yeah, so um, the – sorry, I was reading more stuff on that. Uh, so over the weekend, uh, you almost took them last week. Uh, we talked about the Patriots being a huge uh, favorite over the Dolphins. I mean, there's really not much to talk about with the Patriots – they did, they are who they thought we were who who we thought they were against the Dolphins. Yeah, they went there and did what kind they wanted. Of. Dolphins didn't look bad starting out. For, yeah, they started out, and then like once we kind of kicked it into gear, the game was over. Correct. Antonio Brown played. He made the he didn't he wasn't put on the exempt list or whatever it was. Uh, he played, so I guess it remains to be seen on what's going to happen with that. Yeah, uh, that that seemed very rumorish to me as well too. Um. Tony kind of Tony Tony told me something, and I was like, well. I really hope I didn't sound like that. I, I really want everyone to know last week that I really was not trying to sound biased. He said that he felt like I did sound kind of biased in it in some points. If I did, I apologize. Yeah. I just felt like with this, and, I, and I'll say it again, if this was more than one person accusing him of it, which apparently someone else has come out, but I, don't, I didn't read much into it. Not to say that I didn't think that it was true. I'm just saying I, hadn't, I just haven't read it. Um, it was one person. And then to read the thing the other day that, she offered a settlement, and he turned the settlement down. Right. I, if I'm gonna, I'm not gonna turn a settlement down in this. If I'm, I don't know. That's that's just me. I'm not gonna turn a settlement down if I know I'm guilty. I heard from one person the settlement was only 750k, two, and then I million. heard two million as well too. Two but million is the one. If I saw. it was 750, and he turned it down, he's gonna spend more on lawyer fees than that 750. Two million is what I read in multiple places. Yeah. So if I'm him, and I can get this over and done with for two million dollars. I'm getting it over and done with $2 million if I know that I'm guilty. 
or if I just want it to be over with. But right. to me, he wants to clear his name. Is what I the way I the way I see this. Right. I want to clear my name. I want this to know that this was a this was consensual both ways, and that that's that's the way I see it. If I sound biased, I apologize. I'm not trying to sound biased. That's just my honest opinion. Well, the funniest thing about it too was he was saying now that he's passing gas on one of his doctors or whatever. Well, no, that yeah, that doctor came out and said he was going <laughs> to sue him because he passed gas and then skipped on the bill. <laughs> yeah. There's just, man, I swear it's a snowball effect. Like when one thing comes out, people think it's a money opportunity. And, man, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully he can get his act together and yeah, just stop. Get yeah. Whatever, whatever needs to happen, like whatever is the truth, I hope it comes out. Whether he's guilty or innocent, I hope it does come out. If he's guilty, get him and he needs to be in trouble. He needs to be put in jail for what he did. That's I, I've told you all my feelings on it. I don't want to sound biased. So, again, I'm not trying to back up, backpedal or anything because I still feel the exact same way. I just want to make sure that I'm apologizing if you all did think I sound biased. I did feel like Lamar looked good again. Um, it is, I don't think he looked as good as the first week, but that's pretty impossible. Well, he, I mean, <laughs> he yeah. But he ran for 120 yards. Yeah. And he threw for 263 and two touchdowns. Yeah, mainly the Ravens in a nail-biter against the Cardinals yeah. did not impress me. No, not at all. But, what, what was your thoughts on this week? Well, there's a couple ones that I highlighted. So, um, it, it just was shocking to me that the Bucks beat the Panthers. Once again, I picked the Panthers, so I'm hoping that was a fluke. And then the <laughs> yeah. Cardinals look better, so now I'm starting to worry about that pick. The 49ers blowing out Cincinnati. Oh, you can imagine how my group text was going. Oh, man. Yeah. Tony being a Bengals fan, John being a Niners fan. It yeah. was it was pretty comical seeing those two go back and forth. And nobody was expecting the Cincinnati Bengals to be phenomenal this year, but that was not what they were hoping for. Well, even after last week, they looked decent last week. I know they lost, but they still looked decent last week. They, they put up a fight against the Seahawks and I lost saw, by one point. Yeah, I saw things that would show that they would get some wins this year. After what I saw this last weekend, like Ooh. hopefully the Steelers don't have Big Ben when they play them. <laughs> oh, dude, I got to read you uh, a funny text I got from my buddy who is a Jets fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he says, questions for your podcast. One, if they replace the Jets and Dolphins with Clemson and Alabama, would New England have an easier or tougher road to the number one seed? Oh, man. <laughs> number two, could the Jets win the ACC? Number three, could the Dolphins win the SEC? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. wasn't being serious. Obviously, he was just talking about how bad his team is and how atrocious the Dolphins are as well. Yeah. Did you see the thing I posted that Jets had – Le'Veon had 53 yards, and the Jets' total offense was like negative eight yards That's at so, halftime or something. Yeah, I was feeling the the, the ill effects of Le'Veon's first half. Yeah. Uh, I'm 2-0 in fantasy league, by the way. Um, just missed the biggest blowout win again this week. Yeah. I have the Patriots defense. So. <laughs> Greg was playing against them, and it just kept piling on. Then they called the timeout at one second to go so they can throw another interception to Landon Collins. I'm like, dude, not. That, did you, that was this, that interception was nuts. Well, the one that went hands, chest, Jamie Collins, knee, by the way. hands, Jamie, thank you. Yeah. Landon is the uh, safety, right, for New York? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they had a couple that were on the receivers, not yeah. on Fitzpatrick. Well, the, they only threw two. 
three. No, they or, had no, two they pick threw, six in that yeah, one. That's right, yeah. This, the, that one was really bad on the receiver, but the interception is what I'm talking about, though, how he ma how he caught it. Yeah. yeah. I think he caught it with one hand, pulled it in, and ran it in as a lineman. That's impressive. Yeah, it was pretty impressive, but still. I, I, we were thinking about this, too. What, do, what is your opinion? We know what Fitzpatrick brings to the table. We mm -hmm. know where we're expecting the Miami Dolphins to be this year. You've got a former – I'll go ahead and stop and play Rosen. Yeah. Just play him. I mean, that's the Former mistake. Former first I, rounder. I think Rosen was is. I still think Rosen could be a good player. Yeah. Uh, I think he showed flashes, but it, you're playing with the second team players, and I don't know why, but Belichick refuses to put subs in the game. Like Brady played <laughs> until the last yeah. possession. I don't. I'm, I don't like it to be 100 honest with you. I wish he would sub. Yeah. One. What happens if Brady goes down? Correct. But we need we need to get our backup quarterback reps. Uh, our backup quarterback's the kid from Auburn last year. Well, that would also slow people from getting hurt. Yeah, and our defense, our first-team defense was still out there the entire time until, like, yeah. the last possession. So he's playing against the – No, they were in there that last possession. That's why Collins was in there. Some of them were still – He's playing against arguably the best defense in the league right now. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Patriot. We're playing better than probably most defenses are. We, yeah. held, the, we held the Steelers to three points, and which zero. didn't really look that impressive again this week. Right. But they did lose their quarterback for the season. Uh, Stidham, by the way, Jared Stidham, our backup quarterback. It just came to mind. Uh, and then we went 43 to nothing with two pick sixes this week. Right. So, so the teams that you've played against have put up a whopping three points yeah. in two games. Tough to argue against 70, that. 76 to three is what our yeah. <laughs> season is right now. But the two offensives you had played are not phenomenal. The Steelers were expected to do much better with Connor and Juju and, and Big Ben. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say you all have to be in the conversation yeah. at least. So, um, did you have another game that you liked this weekend? Bills and the Giants. Uh, I didn't like that, but I was – well, I'm always glad when the Giants lose, right? But I was impressed that the Bills are making a little bit of a turn. Uh, Frank Gore, another ageless wonder. <laughs> yeah. So, they get rid of Shady McCoy and they've got Frank Gore. But – the Bills are a team that, I, you know, it's just an interesting team. For sure. So, uh, this past weekend, uh, I made the trek down to uh, Nashville, uh, which I was pretty excited about. I had a great time. For multiple reasons. Yeah. First of all, Nashville is a cool place to it be. It is. Second it of all, you're going to watch your UofL Cardinals. Third, I got to hang with some, with some cool peeps. Uh, I left Friday around uh, 2 30-ish, I guess I would say. Yeah. 240-ish. Uh, took, got my oil changed down there on State Street. They did a little road trip test, make sure everything was good. Said, they you're in tip-top shape, you're good. Left out of there. Uh, drove for a little bit, got to about halfway down maybe. Stopped, got some uh, got some gas, went to the restroom, got some food. Or actually, no, I got food before I left. That's what it was. And uh, just got back on the road. Didn't hit any traffic at all. Got down there. Get off the exit and get in the traffic on the on the road that they live on. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't hit any traffic on the highway the whole time until I get off the exit. Um, but you know, went went out with uh, my friend Maggie down there. Went to a uh, fan event. I got to tell you the story because I haven't got to tell you this yet. So, yeah. uh, sporting my beef beef uh, t-shirt down there. Nice. Got my Louisville hat on, and uh, we we were at a place called the uh, I can't think of what it's called right now. It, they had a fan event there. 
um, the Ainsworth. That's what it was. Okay. Uh, we're chilling at the bar. The, when you walk into this room, it's got a huge bar in the middle. It's yeah. a big square bar, and then there's, like, booths and tables around it on the outside walls. Okay. So we're probably, like, four or five people deep behind me. I'm sitting in one seat. Maggie's sitting to my left, and we're kind of, like, talking to her friends a little bit behind us. So I see Vince Tyree making his way around the bar. We kind of make eye contact, and I was like, hey, Maggie, look, there's Vince Tyree. She's like, oh, that's awesome. He walks and, like, doesn't push people out of the way, but he makes his way up to me. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, what's up? Gives me a five. That's me up. And he's like, I really like that hat. And I was like, you picked me out of all these people wearing Louisville stuff. He's like, it's a really nice-looking hat. And I was like, thanks, man. And then the guy beside me was like, hey, Vince, how's it going? Go cards. And he's like, go cards. Guys. He goes, hey, will you buy me a drink? And he was like, <laughs> and he just like walks away. Oh. And Maggie's like, what the heck was that? How did that, <laughs> How did he pick you out of everybody else? I said, I don't know, but I'm not complaining about it. Right. So uh, long story short, we hung out there for a while, went to a different place, came back, and then I saw him again. I got a picture. That's where the picture came from that I posted. Um, the next day, we wake up, go to the Wild Horse Saloon, which if you've been down there, you've probably seen that place. They remodeled it since the last time I went there because I had been in Nashville one time a couple years ago. Yeah. It definitely looked a lot more modern. Another big Louisville party. Had Louisville stuff everywhere on the screens. And then uh, walked in the uh, blistering heat over to uh, Nissan Stadium, and I sat for four quarters in the hottest game that I've ever been to. <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. It was miserable i drank six bottles of water or i'm sorry i drank five bottles of water there before i we even left the house i drank two glasses of water and then when we got to that wild horse saloon i drank four glasses of water there yeah. and then drank five when or yeah five bottles of water at the stadium they probably sweat all of it out. oh dude i still felt terrible yeah. i got i didn't turn the air conditioner off full blast the entire ride back yeah the entire ride back i kept it on full blast but Louisville got the win, covered the spread, 138-21. Only scored seven points in the second half. But overall, I was happy. We did lose Malik Williams. I don't I don't know if they said maybe on TV what it was. It looked like maybe he was in concussion protocol. Uh, he got hit, knocked his helmet off. Uh, Juwan Pass was out with turf toe. They did say he practiced yesterday, so it looks like he should be a go for the Florida State game is what I'm guessing if he's back practicing. Uh, our true freshman, Evan Conley, came in and played. Came in and played on third down uh, through – Looked like a little nervous pass, skidded it to the wide receiver. So, But the next possession came in, second play, throws a 40-yard dime to 2-2 Atwell for a touchdown. So I was pretty happy with him overall for it being his first experience in a in a college game. Um, so, so will pass start next week? Uh, I, if pass is healthy, pass will start, yeah. I mean, I think pass has earned the right to be the starter until something. Now they, Notre Dame, I thought he played well, really. Yeah. And, I thought he started to settle in against EKU, and then I thought he was just going to take the next step in Western Kentucky. <clears throat> but I think some of the people that watched the game kind of saw what I had been telling you. Like, I like Malik's running ability. I do. Right. But every team knows what Malik brings to the table. Yeah. So they stack the box, and they make him throw the ball. He made some throws. He definitely made some really good throws. He threw a, two, he threw a pass to 2-2 two, two Atwell, which uh, the new saying now is uh, 2 plus 2 equals 6. Which is pretty good. I like that because yeah. he was four catches, 144 yards, and three touchdowns last week. So, yeah, he, he had a decent little game. 
He is nice, though, man. Yeah, that, that's your key to your success right there. Yeah. You go as he goes. Yeah, for sure. We got, But the thing is, I, we really got to get our other wide receivers in, in tune to the game. Involved. But involved, yes. That's, that's what I was looking for. But that's a, just, it goes just as much on the receivers as it does the quarterback. Tutu's getting open. Des Fitzpatrick's got to get open. Seth Dawkins has got to get open. Yeah. That's just a fact. It's got to work both ways. And it's just not working yet. We go on the road to Florida State, but we'll talk about that here in a minute because you, your team played as well. Yeah. My team played, and they didn't show up for the first half. So Tar Heels were down. They honestly really didn't show up until the fourth quarter. True. Yeah, I, I'm at Floyd Central doing my show, and I say something to Troy. I'm like, hey, do you get service up here? Because I don't get service up there. And he goes, yeah, what do you want me to check? And I said, check that North Carolina score because I've got it recorded at the house. And he goes, you don't want to see it. And I said, yeah, just let me check it out real quick. And he shows me 21-0 to in the third quarter, eight minutes to go. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And to be honest with you, Manson, did you go back and watch it? Yeah. It, they looked awful. Like they, they didn't look like the same team. No. Because we were watching it before we left their house, then we went eight. And it was on at the place we were eating at. They just did not – they looked terrible. Yeah, how it looked like a freshman. That's exactly – And then they switched quarterbacks for a little bit too, didn't yeah. they? Which they came back to Hal, which yeah. I, I say stick with him because I, I like what Hal brings to the It table. made you wonder whether there was – maybe he was nicked up for a, a little bit or something because why would you go right back to him? You Play know calling I mean? was what I told you too. They, they – the first two weeks they gave it to him kind of easy and let him work himself in. But at some point you're going to have to take some shots. So hopefully Longo and him can get on the same page and they improve from this game. They made a great stride towards the end, and I don't know if you saw that, but the NCAA and the ACC actually came out and said that was the wrong call at the end of the game there. Um, but they should have had one more possession, and if they had one more possession, you know, we, they could have at least tied the game up, and then if they make the PAT, they win. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, uh, you just ruined my beef. Oh, that was that was my beef there. Sorry. Well, little, little obviously foreshadowing you knew there. I saw it, but um, I just I didn't know. So I told you beforehand I didn't know how you would react to it because to me I felt like they got absolutely jobbed on that. Not to say that they would have won from that. Correct. But they should have at least had a chance to at least win. Yeah. So the answer is they already came out and said that they made the wrong call. So yeah. that is true. Now, did they deserve to lose? The Tar Heels 100% deserve to lose. But do they deserve to get a last chance? Now, they're right at the 40-yard line. It's not really a Hail Mary because it's not long enough to be a Hail Mary. But you've got one second. To me, the, the referee blowing the play dead and saying that he stayed in bounds is bad enough. And then them saying that there was zero seconds on the clock, that just makes it that much worse. So it was a double doozy where they were completely wrong on both of them. But – Credit to Wake Forest. That quarterback is a great quarterback. I don't think he's a conventional quarterback, so I don't see him having a career after Wake Forest. But Wake Forest will sneak up on a couple of teams this year, and um, hopefully North Carolina can right the ship this week against Appalachian State. That's yet to be determined, but I, I like having two wins under our belt. Same thing with you all, two and one. Hopefully we can get a couple more because once you get into the regular ACC schedule, you got some Virginia Tech teams. Virginia, I'm not, I'm still not impressed with Virginia. Virginia Tech hasn't won me over. Virginia has. Yeah, Virginia. Syracuse tough. has definitely gotten Opposite. cold on me. Yeah. Uh, to me, right now, I would say the two teams that are the most um, disappointing so far, I would say, are definitely Syracuse and Florida State. Yeah. <laughs> 
100% on the Florida State. That's been – I mean, obviously they played better they this week. They could potentially week. be 0-3 if that team didn't miss an extra point. Yeah. But still, um, Pitt is another team who hasn't won a lot of games, but how they looked against Penn State. Yeah, they look pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't think that'll be an easy win. And then Duke has kind of not impressed me either. So, no. yeah, I just hope North Carolina can turn around and get some wins. Um, but long season – one game's not going to make or break the season. Don't worry, though. Your boy thought of another beef, so. Good. You can't I, keep me down for too long. I knew you were able to do that. Uh, so, uh, I did want to mention uh, the Kentucky game as well. Yeah. Uh, I did get – I paid attention to that. I don't, I, I don't want people to think I'm just bringing it up because I'm just – what happened. Uh, it was a good game. I don't know if you watched it or kept up with it at all. Yeah. Um Right now, if I'm a Kentucky fan, I'm a little perturbed at Stoops with the end of that game. To me, yeah, I felt like that's hindsight's twenty twenty, man. I'm no, I'm saying it right right when it happens, and even the commentators. And I don't want to give the commentators too much credit because I felt like uh, Greasy's kind of a turd. <laughs> the fact that he was saying all that stuff when Felipe Franks was down hurt like that, like why would you say that stuff? One, that's not even true. And two, why would you say that when a guy's laying on the ground with potentially a serious injury? Like, well, you could think of any other time to say this stuff. Yeah, he's in some hot water for that. He, as he should be. Like, you shouldn't be saying that stuff. Um, so, the a little bit after that, so they bring in their backup quarterback, who was uh, slated to be the starter of the year before because Franks was struggling a little bit the year before, and then he got hurt. Yeah. <clears throat> so he comes in. The kid hasn't even had a possession yet. Kentucky's got fourth down, and you could punt the ball and put this kid in the shadow of his own goalpost, and you go for it. And you don't just go for it. You don't get it. Right. So now you give this kid, who hasn't played in a meaningful down all season, okay, cool. Now I'm starting at like the 50-yard line right. instead of my own five or ten. Right. That's where the game started the turn. That's where the game took the turn for the worst. Why are you doing that? Punt the ball. Put the kid inside. Even if you put him at the 20, you're still right there in the shadow of his own goalpost. Make the kid beat you. Make him go 80 yards instead of half the field. Yeah. Peterson made a call in, in the uh, Eagles game to go for it on fourth down, and I was very surprised. Obviously, Eagles scored a touchdown on it. Yeah. But, man, those type of decisions can go sour very quickly. Yeah, so after Felipe Franks got hurt, Florida outscored Kentucky 19 to nothing. Right. Uh, you, you just – not to say that – I felt like his play calling got very conservative. And you can say, okay, well, he doesn't make the play calls. But he's the one that's over top of everything. You can look at that offensive coordinator and be like, why are you calling this? Yeah. I feel like I feel like they're using the wrong running back more often than not. I feel like the best name in college football plays for the University of Kentucky. He's also the best running back on their team, in my opinion, Cavassier Smoke. That dude should be running the ball way more than Rowe should be running the ball. I, think so. I, I really do. I yeah. really think Cavassier Smoke, he gets more out of his runs, in my opinion. Losing so, Snell, that's a big gap to absolutely. fill. Absolutely. I, mean, I don't Snell think either a, of them will fill that. Snell and Allen are two. That's, that's the thing that I tried to get through to a lot of friends of mine. That Those are two generational players at the University of Kentucky. Yeah. Those two players were fantastic. Two of the best players in the SEC last year. That shows with Josh Allen going in the top ten. That I mean, I know Snell, but – Running backs normally don't get drafted that high. Yeah. Just a fact. Unless you get guys like Adrian Peterson or Todd Gurley or something like that. They just don't 
They just don't traditionally get drafted high because they're too afraid to spend a first-round draft pick on somebody that's only going to be solid for what they think five to six years. I think Snow – I mean, Snow got his first rush in NFL. What, 23-yard yep. rush? Yeah. I like Snow. I told Smitty from the time I saw Snow's freshman year, he should be starting from that time. I said, he's the best running back you all have on this team. He's the best running back – he's probably the best player you all have on this team. Yeah. He, that's one thing that Smitty would give me credit for. I saw that kid his freshman year. I said, that kid's the best player on the team. Yeah. He's, he was really good. But I don't know. Like they, To me, they outplayed Florida the entire game until the fourth quarter. Yeah. And Tides turned pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, it, it, it turned bad. And it was one of those things where it's like, oh, another thing? And I don't care if I get hit. Lynn Bowden is head case and a half. Yeah. If that dude doesn't stop, if that dude doesn't stop running routes – I know that last interception that, that uh, Sawyer Smith had was absolutely terrible pass. Yeah. If Bowden didn't stop running, he probably breaks that pass up in the first place. Yeah, potentially. I can see it. And he stopped running on another route that, he, that Sawyer Smith threw out of bounds. Yeah. But Sawyer Smith's the one catching it, catching the flag for it. Right. Lynn Bowden needs to, stop, needs to quit uh, lollygagging on routes. Yeah. You're, this is a backup kid that only had eight games when he played at Troy. And now you put him on the big stage against Florida – and that first quarter, that dude looked like he was a Heisman candidate. He, yeah. What is he, complete his first nine passes? I don't know. I, I felt like there was a lot of things in that game that showed that pulled out a lot of things about Kentucky that says, hey, we could we could be really good. And then you pulled out a lot of things that said, we could potentially be really bad. Yeah, they've got a rally as a team. That's I didn't feel like they were gelling on all cylinders. But sometimes if you rally as a team, that can overcome that void. And yeah. they, yeah, they crumbled as individuals they didn't crumble as a team yeah i just felt like there was a lot of stuff i i I know the targeting call was a big thing that a lot of kentucky fans were upset about i could see both sides of it this is as a as a person watching from the outside that doesn't have a dog in the fight like i could see both i could definitely see how kentucky fans would be upset because i felt like the quarterback did duck his head but if you look at it by rule it was helmet to helmet right again that's why i say i could see both sides of it right the kid was making a tackle. Did I feel like it was malicious? No. Correct. But it, That's why I say it's a I, tough – I wouldn't want to make that call. Yeah, it, it's just like the flagrant foul calls they call in college basketball. Yeah. By rule, yeah, it was a flagrant, but did I really think he did that on purpose? No. Right. Did I really think I should do No, but I kind of have to. Is that called a flagrant or is that called targeting? Yeah. I've seen it not, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's, my, that's my take on it. Is it the worst call I've ever seen as far as targeting? No, because that happened about four hours earlier in our game with the call on our safety. And if anyone wants to try to argue with that, I'll send you the clip of it. It's by far the worst targeting call I've ever seen. Yeah. Our guy fell on top of the other guy, and they called targeting. <laughs> Awful. It, and here's the, here's the worst part of it. Yeah. Western Kentucky was about to go for fourth down. They had already – Snap the ball, and then here comes the ref. The previous play is under review. Right. Stops it after they snap the ball. Right. Everyone's like, seen that happen a couple times this they, year. I'm sorry. They said targeting is being reviewed on the play before. Yeah. Everyone was like, targeting where? Like the guy got ankle tackled, and it was, and then they uh, they said number 38 has been disqualified. So now he has to miss three quarters of the game next week. Yeah. And they show it up on the board. That dude, they refs were booed for the entire rest of the game. Yeah, that's a call you can't mess up. It was really bad. But uh, Louisville, like I said, travels down to Tallahassee to play Florida State. Six and a half point dogs. I think it's kind of high, to be honest with you, with the way Florida State's been playing. Uh, yeah. 
I definitely think Louisville can get this win. If you think back to our ACC preview, I actually picked Louisville to win this game. Right. Um, so, in my mind, I think we cover the spread, obviously. And uh, I think Louisville can end September 3-1. and one. Well, in your mind, you cover the spread by winning the game. Well, yeah, I mean, we cover the spread because we're the underdog. But, right. Um, but that's with, what I'm saying. If with you're the, the underdog and you yeah. win, then guess what? You cover that spread. So, if you're calling a win, then, yes, you're going to cover. Yeah. So, we also, uh, the next week, or we get a bye week, and then we, we uh, have our next home game, which is against Boston College. Yeah. Who also did not look good this past weekend. No. Boston College got absolutely housed by Clint, by Kansas, the the fighting Les Mileses. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Do you know who you guys got this weekend? Appalachian State. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I took you guys already. Yeah. So. Yeah, the other games that I thought were interesting: Temple beat Maryland twenty to seventeen. That was intriguing to me with yes, how with good how Maryland, Maryland had been playing. Yep. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. Notre Dame blowing out New Mexico wasn't a shocker, but man, I didn't expect watching that Notre Dame team against you all. For them to put up 66 was pretty impressive. South Carolina did not look good against Alabama, but Alabama still hasn't knocked the doors off people no. yet. I mean, what did they beat them, like 44-21 or something? 47-23. Yeah, so exact so. spread margin, just different points. Um, UCF, once again, probably is not going to lose a game this year. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know who's going to beat them. And then BYU beating USC, to me, was a fun one, 30-27. to the Iowa-Iowa State game, you're always intrigued by Did that. Did you see how that ended? No. Oh, my goodness. I see it's 18-17, to 17, but this, I didn't see. So, this was nuts. Okay. Iowa has the lead 18-17. Yeah. Iowa State's got no timeouts left. Okay. I was punting the ball with about a minute, minute something left. Yeah. They punt the ball. It hits the back of an Iowa State player. Oh. And Iowa dives on the ball and kneels the game out. That's yeah. how the game ended. <laughs> they were potentially going to lose, and it hits the back of an Iowa State player and bounces right into the hands of an Iowa player. Yeah, to lose to your in-state rival that way, that's not an enjoyable thing. No. But there was a lot of good football on again this weekend. Um, the other, I think, the thing that surprised me the most was Arizona State beating Michigan State. You know, yeah, that was a team that that I was felt like I was I was sitting pretty I was sitting pretty on man because I I was pretty high on them in our Big Ten preview. Yeah, we well, had one loss, so yeah. they still could make that true. But you had it coming to either Ohio State or Michigan. Michigan who Michigan out of all those teams that I picked only have one loss. Yeah. They have looked atrocious. Yeah, I know they've only lost one game, but still they have not looked good. Yeah. Uh, I did see something pretty cool about the game coming up this weekend, though. What? Uh, Notre Dame, Georgia. Yeah. They said that uh, this game has the most or the highest outcome uh, that – what is – how did they put it? Is the game that has the highest percentage for an outcome to affect the playoff until you get yeah. to uh, – conference championships that makes a lot of sense with clemson not having a tough schedule yeah alabama I mean, really not playing anybody that would affect it that much georgia right that has to be the game that's conference championship because they're in the east oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah so they're saying until conference championship weekend it's there's yeah. right now this has the highest percentage just as far as an outcome for it yeah that does make a lot of sense so um something came out today that was very surprising to me i don't know if it was as surprising to you as it was to me uh, but Louisville and Rick Pitino came to a settlement. Yeah. And that's not really the surprising part. I figured they would come to a settlement, but I figured it would come at a cost. 
But to the surprise of everybody, especially myself, it came at zero cost. Yeah. Um, it came out today, the news, that the University of Louisville and Rick Pitino came to a settlement that no money would be exchanged. So the only, the only stipulations that Pitino put on it was he wanted it to be changed from him being fired right. to him resigning. And then for pretty much Louisville to kind of say that he wasn't guilty, which, to be honest with you, the way they said it, I didn't really feel like it exonerated him completely. It, it, it exonerated him as much as Louisville could. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think you can legally put that in there if it's not what they stand behind. So I think the key was the first part that he resigned and he wasn't fired, which made no sense to me whatsoever because they gave him that opportunity and he chose not to take it. Yeah. So now he wants to go back and take it, and his attorney told him not to agree to this deal. Yeah. Which, so you know my opinions on Rick Pitino. You know how I felt about Rick Pitino. It, even not just saying that to you, I'm speaking that to anybody that's listened to this podcast. Right. Everyone knows my feelings on Rick Pitino. I will say this I still don't like Rick Pitino. Yeah. I'm still not upset that he's gone. But after reading his statement and seeing how this was handled, I got two opinions on it. First, I'll read, I want to read his statement. Okay. So his statement, today I move on to a new chapter in my life against my lawyer's advice. I'm dropping my lawsuit with the, with the ULAA. I am, very, I'm, I am very proud of the many accomplishments my team achieved. My team's achieved at Louisville. I'm so thankful and honored to coach such dedicated athletes. I'm also disappointed in how it ended. But as head coach, I'm held responsible for the actions of all team members. I still have so much passion for the game and so many goals I want to achieve. From this day forward, I start my climb. So that made me – because I was still bashing him in text with John and Tony. I read that, texted him, sent them the screenshot and said, willing to admit that I was wrong and I'll eat crow. Yeah. This, to me, one, he doesn't need the money. He's no. already got it. Correct. And this is why I'm saying this. That's This is the reasons why I feel like he came to this. One, I, his family's been telling him since the very beginning that he just needed to drop it, just – let it go. It's you're, it's wearing it's weighing you down way too much. Yeah. Two, it's like trying to get back at an old ex girlfriend or ex wife yeah. or whatever. Like nothing ends good in this situation. The biggest thing that came from this though, if he's dragging this out in court, he's never going to get back in basketball in college. Yeah, he's never probably. going to. It's never. It's going to be weighed over his head. No one's going to say, "Hey, yeah, Rick Pitino, come coach my team with litigation being held over your head." It's not going to happen. But even too, if you're saying, "Hey, you." had a lawsuit against your former school for a breach of contract, why would we hire you type deal? So now that he's dropped it, I think that helps his chances. And he seems like a highly motivated individual. So the one thing I will say is watch out if he does come back to a college program that he can recruit his type of players. They're going to be good, and they're probably going to be good pretty quickly as well too. Somebody made a joke today and said, "Is, uh, is Mick Cronin now in the hot seat? (laughs) because <laughs> there was the boosters out there that wanted Patino out there before they hired Mick Cronin. Yeah. And the athletic director was like, nah, not going to happen at this point. Yeah. Not right now, no. So Somebody um, will pick him up. I, I'd be surprised. I mean, he's coaching overseas again. Well, he already right? quit. No, Did he, he quit. really? He, yeah, he quit that team. Said he, he quit or he finished the season? He finished the season, and he said, I'm not coming back next okay. year. Okay. That's what I was going to say. I thought he finished the season, yeah, so I, I guess thought he was going to be No, he, didn't. He, he finished. They won the championship, right? and he said, I'm not coming back. Israel, right? Uh, Greece. Greece. Yeah. So I will say that I gained a little bit of respect back for him for the way he handled this, the way he finally walked away like he said he would from the beginning. 
uh, I'm glad it's over with. Uh, they also he also signed, <clears throat> excuse me, he also signed an agreement that said that he he would completely cooperate with the NCA when it came to any investigations. Right. So right now, if you're Louisville, it's not completely over with, but you're through 75, 80 percent of the storm. Yeah, that was the agreement was that both Patino and UofL would drop their lawsuits against each other yeah. and not pursue any type of former litigation against each other. Now, that can change in 30 days. If somebody voids that contract, then that's open ball game. But this was court appointed by a judge. It actually hasn't been yet. It's been because I listened to uh, Vince Tyree. It's it's yeah. already been agreed upon by both sides, but it has to go to a judge like tomorrow or the next day or something. So they did it in the courthouse today. They said it has not been fully like it's been agreed upon by both sides. Yeah, the article I read was the judge had signed off on it already. Not according to Vince Tyree, which okay. was a, a thing today. Yeah, yeah, because they asked him a couple questions about it and. And then they said, have you talked to Coach Patino? He said, no, I haven't had I, – I didn't even talk to him during this. And they said, do you want to? And he said, no. We're good where we're at. Yeah. yeah. We're fine where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just glad it's over with. Um, it's it's. – I'm glad – yeah, I just can't say it enough. I'm glad it's over with. Makes sense for both parties um, as far as it being over with. Doesn't make a lot of sense for Patino, you know, just dropping it. Why even pursue it? He had to have spent a ton of money on this. I'm sure he's got his – Lawyer on retainer, but you know you're paying for a lot of time on this. So for sure, I don't understand it. Hopefully, it'll be for the best of everybody involved. To me, I know this is loose speculation, is what I would say. But I almost wondered if somebody came to Patino and mentioned something else that they could potentially hold over his head, not blackmailing him in any form or fashion. So but, I thought the same thing, and yeah. John and Tony both brought up good points to me on that. What? Even if they did, that doesn't matter on the breach of contract. Like, they fired him without cause. Well, the reason why it matters is because that agreement that we mentioned earlier, if if they agree to not pursue litigation in any form or fashion, then that's why that would affect that. I don't know. I, there, was a, there was a lot of time. I mean, because they, they'd already – they had to pretty much bring up what they're going to talk about. And there's only one thing. What are you going to fire him for? He got fired because of – they told him he got fired because of the FBI stuff. Right. So you can't just say go back and say, oh, and you got fired for this. Right. So but that's you, what I'm saying. If you coerce him into relinquishing his statement and stepping back off that ledge and saying you're going to stop suing us for this breach of contract, which is probably true. It probably was a breach of contract. So, therefore, the U of L could owe them up to potentially $40 million. Yeah. Right? That's what the lawsuit was for. So if you're not going to do that, then we are not going to sue you for these other conflicts of interest or whatever it may be. Well, you that's what, what I mean? I'm saying. You can't really sue him for that if you've already brought up what you're going to go after him for. Yeah, you can. It's still within the statute of limitations. So they could not have presented it, and it wouldn't have been a countersue. It would have been a separate lawsuit. I wonder how much of it was that or how much of it was he was finally like, look, this is going to be drug out for a long time. By the time this is over with, I'm going to be really old, and I'm not going to be able right. to coach anymore. I'm not saying I have any inside information yeah. that that's what it was. I'm saying, to me, it is very odd that you fight it this hard tooth and nail. Like, what's going on in his life that he just decided, nope, I don't want to have any part oh, of this it. That's what I think it is. I think he still feels like he has a couple of years left in coaching. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not getting any younger. Today's his birthday, apparently, as well. And – He's like, look, if I keep this going, this is probably going to go two or three more years. That's two or three more years I'm not going to be able to coach. 
that's definitely he's not no one's going to hire him at two or three years down the road especially if he wins that lawsuit no one's going to want to have to do it it's a smoking gun you're not going to want to bring that on that's that's where i finally got to i I don't know maybe it was just me it was it was me being stubborn because i don't like him i still don't like him but it's just that to me is what after reading his statement and seeing it that's kind of where i I sit on i feel like it was okay i want it to be over with because this is doing nothing but bringing everyone down on both sides um and I want to coach again. That's that's the way I look at it. I think he wants to coach at the college level because I think he's got so much impact on those kids developing their game that I think that's part of the reason why he doesn't like the professional game. I mean, he had stints in the uh, NBA that didn't go terribly. Yeah, the first one didn't go terribly. The second one did. Yeah. The Knicks, the Knicks ones actually weren't bad. Yeah. But those Celtics teams, whoo. Ooh, man, they, did not, they were not good. But even with this team overseas, I think he just realized he can impact the game so much more at the college yeah. level. I mean, I'm sure high school level will be the same, but he's probably going college level. Yeah. So you ready for power moves? I'm ready. Let's do it. How many you got? I got one, and mine is the power move of all power moves. Let's hear it. So Friday night before we did our fireworks show, there was obviously a football game that was being played, right? Mm-hmm. And it was between the Floyd Central Highlanders and the New Albany Bulldogs, and it was at Floyd Central. And so my buddy Troy and my buddy Zach were up there with me. And so my power move is twofold, right? My power move is me because before the game, we like to take some side bets, right? And, yeah. and you sarcastically put wagers on stuff that – you have no clue what the outcome is going to be, but you're guessing. Well, in this case, I kind of had a inkling as to what the outcome was going to be. But my side bet that I brought to the table was that the Floyd Central running back was going to have over 140 rushing yards. Now, I know what you're saying. Man, 140 yards for a high school running back, that's a lot of yards. Well, inside sources had told me and shown me that he had already had a game where he had over 300 yards at one point during the season. Yeah. So I like that bet. So both Zach and Troy took the under and said that they were going to go against that 140. So that's my power move side of it. Now, the real power move in this all is shout out to Wankers Wright. That's the kid's name. First of all, it's a great name. Heck of a name. Wanker's right. Still no, still no Cavassier smoke. but N- Not quite on that level, but very close. New Albany comes out, and they're putting a beating on Floyd Central. And it's not expected. The, te- the spread that Troy had gave me, and Troy is a gambling guru, was 10 points. He gave me 10 points. I took New Albany, being not my alma mater, but a school that I attended previously. Yeah. I was going to cheer for them. And if Floyd Central won, I was going to be happy because I was going to do their fireworks anyways. So it was like win-win. You know what I mean? It's a reverse psychology betting. And New Albany is up 14-0. I forget the exact situation that happened, but I think New Albany is in the red zone and should have scored another touchdown and either puts the ball on the ground or throws an interception. Something happens. And Zach Coleman looks at me and Zach goes – that might have been the change of the game right there. So Wankers gets the ball, 80-something yard run, and that's the change of the game right there. Finishes the game with over 370 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Floyd Central scores 50 unanswered points, 
and I don't like to give Floyd Central a lot of credit, but you got to make them the power move. Floyd Central Highlanders for beating New Albany Bulldogs 50-14 to and highlight on Wanker's right, who has over 1,000 yards rushing in four games. <laughs> yeah. He's somebody, if you watch high school football, you want to watch out for Wankers. I actually just read on Facebook before we did this that he had a highlight on either WLKY or the other one tonight at about 550. So if you've got access to that, check that out as well too. I think he is a junior. Um, they have a punter who is a Division One athlete. I would be shocked if Wankers wasn't a Division One athlete as well, too. So power move, Wankers, right. So I got two power moves. Okay. Uh, one of them is uh, it's just a power move because I love the dude, and he cracks me up, and I don't know if you saw this. Uh, it's just a power move because, one, first the, the media guy asked him the question, but my power move is the fact that he answered it. And my power move, I'm gonna play. The, I'm just gonna play the audio. I don't know if you saw this, but this is Mike Leach's answer to the media member who asked him who would win if there was a mascot Royal Rumble in the Pac-12, and this was his answer. What kind of mythical powers does the Sun Devil have? We got to consider that. I'm gonna say the Wildcats out. Uh, the Trojan, is he, does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? The Bruin, definitely formidable. Another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. It's unless we're going to go with a bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. A duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. The beaver... Well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Just as far as a beast alone... Uh, a buffalo's going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu- a buffalo's d- utterly outstanding. Did I leave any of them out? The cougar find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, <clears throat> and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. <laughs> so that was Mike Leach's breakdown of the complete Pac-12. Deep breakdown. It sounded Absolutely. like they were cutting that in and out, too. So that was probably like a four-minute. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good, man. The first time I saw that the other day, I was cracking up. Yeah. I, I have not seen that, I so love I Mike appreciate Leach. that. I love Mike Leach is one of those dudes, man. If you haven't looked up his, his press conferences, yeah. that's something you need to start going. You need to go and get uh, on YouTube and just type in Mike Leach press conferences and just – Go down the rabbit hole of Mike Leach press conferences because they'll make you laugh. He's the opposite of Popovich. Yes, he'll tell you anything you want to hear. Right. So, that's one of my power moves. The other power move I have, there was, um, I saw this, I think on, I can't remember where I saw this actually, but I saw this and I was like, well, I'm, I, I saw it Sunday or Monday, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm not closing this out on my browser. Yeah. Like, it's one of those ones that's like, but I found my other power move, or I found my power move. Right. 
American becomes first person to swim English Channel four times without stopping. Oh, my gosh. Sarah Thomas, a 37-year-old cancer survivor, swims across the 21-mile English Channel four times without stopping. Yeah, so 21 miles isn't good enough. Let's do it four times in a row. She said she had been stung in the face oh. by a jellyfish. Look at her face. Oh, my. What? What I, is that white stuff? I don't, I'm guessing it's like sea foam or something. I don't know, but she looks terrible. She looks like she forgot to rub her uh, suntan lotion in. Yeah, so she, it, it, took, um, it took just over 54 hours. She's the first person to cross the channel four times without stopping. She finished at 6.30 a.m. local time. Yeah, so. Went straight to the pub for some fish and chips. Yeah, I'm sure she didn't collapse or anything <laughs> after swimming 84 miles. She probably didn't want to drink a lot of water after that. Oh, but, man. Um, she probably drank a lot of it during it, yeah. yeah. She said, I'm, I'm really just pretty numb. There was a lot of people on the beach to meet me and wish me well. It was really nice of them, but it, but I feel just mostly uh, stunned. Yeah. <laughs> um, she also told the BBC that she planned to sleep the remainder of the day, which was this was at 6.30 a.m., so she planned to sleep the entire day. Uh, I'm pretty tired. So uh, just a year before that, she was completing treatment for breast cancer. So that's Man. my power move. That was one, to become the first person to ever do that, and two, a year before that, you were completing uh, treatment for breast cancer. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Oh, I'll give talk you Talk about ultimate power move. That's it right there. Yeah. Should have finished it off with a nice big pizza. Yeah. So what, you want to you go first on the beef, or you want me to go first? Well, finishing it off with a nice big pizza brings in my beef. And typically, it's a situation or an individual or an action or something of that nature. But I'm going beyond the spectrum of typical beefs this time. And my beef hits close to home because it's not a trend as of late. It's probably been a decade trend or something of that nature. But I see all these knuckleheads out here going, oh, you can have pizza or pasta or wings or burgers, but you have to take one of these out and you can never have them for the rest of their life. And I think we all know what I'm talking about. There's different forms of it. That's just the one that I named four of my favorite things in life. So that came to the forefront. But you know what? This is America. We don't need to not have one of those things. Unless you're highly allergic to it, then I highly suggest you yeah. to stay away from it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then you do need to. But my beef is with people making you choose something that you love to stay away from. And that brings me into my point. I'm back on the cream, bro. I got some ice cream. I'm back in the ice cream game. So I'm ready for that homemade ice cream sponsorship. The cream beat me. I'll give it to the cream. What what uh, ice cream did you go with first? What do you think? I don't know. That's why I asked. Homemade cookies and cream. The okay. only ice cream to go no, with. You, so you still haven't tried the cherry cordial yet. Won't be trying it because if I get a quarter of the way addicted to it as I am cookies and cream, then it's bad. It's real bad. I, I've, Just get you a pint of it, dude. Oh, I've got more than – I've got gallons. No, I didn't actually because I don't think they make it in gallons. But I did actually pick up the pumpkin pie 
to try. Come on, dude. You, you never sound tried like it? such a basic white girl right now. No, come on, dude. I told you about the pumpkin pie blizzard, and that's the reason why I picked up the pumpkin pie, because pumpkin pie blizzards were phenomenal back in the day. Um, but I haven't given it a try yet because I'm trying to cream in moderation. You know what I mean? <laughs> it sounds so bad, dude. I know. That sounds so listen. bad. Like this, you, you can definitely use different terminology to no, say no, what no. you're – Yes. The, I'm yeah, back just, on the cream, and I'm creaming in moderation. And <laughs> I just want all the people to know I needed a platform to explain to them that if you see me out in public acting a little bit crazy, it's because I'm creaming. Okay? So – <laughs> I know that digressed from my beef. That's so bad. Okay. That is so bad. I, I got to take over. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. So I mentioned. Uh, but that was a good beef, you got to admit, because I hate those people who do that. And well, we you should... hate any person that says, hey, who's the goat of this? Well, when someone no. asks you who's the best player of all time, you don't like saying that. Yeah, I do highly dislike that, too. Yeah, so, so this is like. It doesn't really surprise me. Right. All right, so uh, my beef, I actually mentioned uh, this game. I actually probably went to a lot more detail than what you thought I would on the game, actually. Yeah. Tar Heels game. No. That that was my beef before, but you stole it. Oh. So I did, I did what uh, – or you did what I normally do. So it's the Kentucky game. It is. Mm. And it's with a player that uh, I can't stand. Uh-oh. That plays for Kentucky. I cannot stand Cash Daniel. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video that's going around. John sent it to me, but I had already seen it because it started a huge uh, Twitter feud, yeah. which uh, was pretty cool. That was I like watching Twitter feuds. Yeah, they are pretty good. Yeah, especially since it got a dude fired. I actually saw a really good <laughs> Facebook feud the other day, but it was in a relationship, and there was – dirty Ooh. details coming out and it was like oh man that's time you got to let me know i felt bad tagging anybody in no it. you don't tag me you just say hey oh, okay this is who you need to go look at yeah i'll be honest i don't even know the two individuals and one of them was uh commenting from the others so you would have like one comment and then a comment from the same person but you could clearly tell it was not the same person it was oh, man. good dude so um John sent a video, like I said, I had already seen it on Twitter the day before. But um, So Florida lost their starting quarterback, Felipe Franks, to that injury, which I never saw, which apparently was kind of gruesome. Um, And their backup quarterback, I can't think of his name right now, uh, came in and pretty much beat Kentucky. I'll be honest with you, that kid looked really, really good. I felt like he should have been starting the entire time. Yeah. Like he was making passes that Felipe Franks was not making. Hindsight being 2020, I could see that argument. So there was a play where Kentucky or where Florida had the ball. They ran it in, or the quarterback ran it in, got a touchdown. They went for two and they got stuffed on the goal line. Well, when he got stuffed, Cash Daniel was one of the people that helped make the tackle on this guy. Well, when he did, you can clearly, or you can see him twisting the quarterback's ankle intentionally to try to hurt him until the ref gets close and he drops it real quick. So the quarterback stands up and says something to him, and then Cash Daniel gets in his face like, what are you going to do about it type thing. Yeah. I can't stand that, dude. You, it's, I mean, it's, he does the stone cold stuff, which I don't know if you saw the Florida player make fun of him for it. No. And when they beat him, he went to midfield and bashed the two Gatorade bottles together and squirted it all over his face. It was great because he was – 
making fun of Cash Daniel doing it in uh, the the swamp the year before. Yeah. Um, you have Cash Daniel getting in and uh, talking trash to Eastern Michigan players before the game started at the coin flip because they didn't shake his hand. Again, should they have shaken his hand? Yeah, but dude, just just be like, okay, that's kind of. But he just kept going with it. Yeah, coming I under, from a I guy under, who uh, doesn't like shaking hands before a game, like you know, in basketball, sometimes they all come around and touch. I'm like, no, we can do this after. But I would talk a little bit of trash if you did. I understand, shake like saying something at the beginning. Like he he looks at him and he's like, really? Right. Really? Okay. That's where it should have stopped. Right. To me, no, the dude kept going the entire coin flip. You use it as motivation. Yes, exactly. That should motivate you more. You should start talking trash to a team that you're projected to beat by, you know, two touchdowns. Yeah, instead of giving them motivation. Yeah, and the others, there's other things that just have accumulated. I don't like him. I just, he's one of those guys that just rubs me the wrong way. He's a guy that you love having on your team, but if he don't, he's not on your team, you hate him. Remind me what position he plays. He plays linebacker. And like I said, he's one of those guys that if you if you have him on your team, you probably like him. Right. But you understand why other people hate him. Like Montrez, like I understood why other people hated Montrez. I know you didn't really have a problem with Montrez. I loved him. But I mean, except I for under, when he's playing Carolina. I understood why people didn't like him. Because yeah. he's dunking on you. He's letting you know that he just dunked on you. He's hanging on the rim. Like, he's and he doing, still does that in the NBA exactly. and the Drew League and wherever he plays. That's just the type of player he is. Loved yeah. having him on my team. But I understand when people hated him. That dude's underrated. By the way, they're saying he – sorry to interrupt you. No, he good. could potentially be in the training camp for Team USA. I'd love that. He said he would play if he gets the offer. That would be great if we had two Louisville players on it next year. Yeah. I don't I don't see both of them making it. But I would love to see two Louisville players on there. Surprisingly enough, the one that I think would be more of a, a shock to me is Donovan because that position is so it's full. So deep. Yeah, yeah, I think he, he could play shooting guard, and I do think his experience with Popovich is going to carry him to make it. But, man, it, it's going to be interesting to see who all comes out for it. Trez, I think, would be a great addition to the team because the way he plays. I'm not going to argue with you there because, you know, I, I, I love Trez. I love Trez the entire time he was here. But like I said, he's one of those guys that like I can understand when people don't like him. I don't have a ton of favorite UFL players. Donovan Mitchell was in there because I always respected what he did. Terry Rozier was in there, and Trez was in there as well too. Yeah, those three guys they were great. They were great to watch at Louisville, and they're, I mean they're doing their thing in the NBA. I mean yeah. Terry just got paid. I mean I've told you I felt like he kind of got overpaid, but hey. You got to get in where you fit in, dude. I'm yeah. not upset at you. To eat your own. Yeah, you get your money like that. I'm not mad at you at all, man. Go go get that change. He's got so, that Puma sponsorship, too. Yeah. So, that's pretty much it. That was my beef. Cash Daniel twisting that quarterback's ankle. Looked like he was trying to hurt him. Just, just not a fan of that guy. I'm not a big fan of dirty plays that are trying to injure somebody, but yeah. dirty plays that are just dirty plays I'm okay with. This crosses the line. So what like are you talking about like tripping people on the basketball court? Like you don't you don't have a problem with that? No, none whatsoever. I'm guessing you just did this recently. Uh I've got it in my arsenal if I need it. I did it one time, but it was a dude that was uh he was being a jerk to our whole team. So yeah. I was So here's here's how it happened. Okay. So set I set the stage for so us. So we were playing at Portland Christian? No, this was I yeah, when I played for Portland Christian. But we were playing at Eminence. Okay. And that's the only team in my entire career of basketball that I never lost to. Really? Did not lose to them once. And that's the only high school that I've never heard of. Um, 
Well, we played them in middle school too. It's a middle school, high school. Oh. Um, it's in Eminence, which you've. I wish Christian Academy of. and Graceland would have played them if you beat them every time. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. Before my senior year, we were actually pretty good the entire time, like on the teams I played on. Yeah. Like my fifth grade year, we didn't play them. My sixth grade year, we didn't play them. We didn't start playing until seventh grade. Seventh grade, we were pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, we beat – I think we only lost like two or three games my seventh and eighth grade year. We were pretty good. I mean, it was me and Jeremy, one-two combo, and then everybody else. Like, there was a game where – we played restoration um, in their like one of their tournaments or whatever. Yeah. Jeremy had twenty nine. I had sixteen, and the team had fifty. Yeah, so, restoration is trash. Well, I'm saying our team had fifty. So yeah, Jeremy I, had twenty nine. I had sixteen, and our team had fifty. I get that, but <laughs> I'm saying I wouldn't brag about a restoration victory. You gotta think how many people we had in our school. So did restoration. I, I'm saying that was the, that we were pretty good. We beat the teams that. Yeah. I mean, again, you weren't contending with our team. I didn't. Say, I didn't. That, say, I didn't say we were. I know. Just make that clear. I didn't say we were. We only lost to Hazelwood, who went undefeated. That team was ridiculous. And we should have beat them. They stallballed us at the end of yeah. the game. So uh, he had been playing a little dirty, throwing some elbows during the game. Yeah. So go to the free throw line. Uh, they're shooting free throws. Teammate right here, this guy right right next to him, and then me right behind him. <clears throat> so it was a one and one, and I told my teammate, I said, go really hard on this one. Yeah. I look at it, I tap him, I'm like, just push him back really hard. Yeah. He says, okay. Doesn't know why I say it. Of course. So – me, being an intelligent basketball player, I pretty much know which way this guy's going to go. Right. Like how he's going to step out. Yeah. So I know how I'm going to make this guy fall. <laughs> I tell him, literally, just come right back into him. Yeah, pancake him. This guy steps out with his left foot. I put my leg right there, right in front of it. My teammate comes, pushes him. Boom, boom. He, dude, he hits the ground so hard. Timber. Oh, dude, he, it wasn't even timber. It was just boom, hits the ground hard. He got so mad. And the referee's like, whoa, 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 guys. Whoa. I was like, what? you're just boxing out, man. I don't know what happened. Dude can't walk. Yeah, I ended up getting a technical later in that game, though. <laughs> the only technical I ever got. Uh, that was, Yeah, we were beating the brakes off of them. And uh, this kid kept grabbing my jersey, and the referee was behind him. Yeah. And I was like, dude, just quit. Just get off my jersey. And he's like, oh, are you going to cry? And I was like, dude, just get off my jersey. <laughs> We're killing you all. Just quit. Like, this ain't funny. And he does it again. He of said, course. he they're crying. So I just whoosh, shove him as hard as I could. <laughs> and the referee was right behind him. So the referee, of course, sees me shove him. Right. And, but my coach, luckily, was right there to my right because it was right in front of our bench. Yeah. And I look at him. I was like, you saw. He's like, you're not going to get in trouble. Because normally you're supposed to get in trouble for technicals. You know that going to a Christian school as well. Yeah. You get a technical, you're normally supposed to get in trouble. Yeah. Sit out for a little bit of time. We got talked to even when we didn't get technicals. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and talk to the administration. You're not going to have to sit out for that. But he was like, I am going to take you out because I was about to take you out anyway because yeah. we're winning by so much. Yeah. So And so you don't get a second one and get yourself in more trouble. Yeah. Then I would have been suspended by the state. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it it was uh it was interesting. Yeah, he we, deserved what he had coming. Yeah. Yeah, so 
guys hopefully you enjoyed that episode it's always funny man uh, we we go to these like i don't know if you saw the title of the last episode oh this episode won't be very long two hours later it's, right. <laughs> it's the way we always think of these things man we we got through uh you guys may notice in this episode where bj had his first bathroom break during one of our episodes but we got through we were through almost our whole list bj's like oh i could probably make it it's like no nah. i had to practice my urination i think it has to do with the cream I don't know if there's correlation Jeez, there. Dude, we're not getting back on that. Yeah. <laughs> we're not getting back on that. But, guys, uh, keep liking, keep sharing, get hydrated just in case you go to a game like I did this past weekend. Uh, the next day was the game where that uh, speaker caught on fire at Nissan Stadium. That was yeah. the next day. I heard there was tampering involved with it. Really? Is that what I actually heard it was pyrotechnic involved, so that's why I was. So it shot a speaker? I have no clue. I thought it was a speaker that caught on fire. It was a speaker, but I heard there was pyrotechnics involved, and I don't believe. Uh, so my boss stayed for the, ne- the that game because he's a Titans fan. The next day he got yeah. free tickets. Yeah. That was the hottest game ever in NFL history. And he got to watch the hottest team, the Colts, beat the Titans. Yeah, and he's a Titans fan. Oh, man. So he's like, I just sat here through this Louisville game yesterday and was miserable. Came in here, got here, and sat and popped up on the Jumbotron. This is the hottest game in NFL history. It was blistering hot, and there's not like – Oh, it was yeah, they had to postpone the Floyd Central game because they couldn't play. Because it was too hot? Yeah. So they it start, it's supposed to start at 7 and it did start till after 8. Oh, man. Yeah, which made us get in even later at 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, like I said already, keep liking, keep sharing. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. As always, we have a good time doing it. Um, I'm trying to think if we got anything coming up that I can think of. Uh... I heard you were on the Facebook dating app. No. No. I'm not. I do. Come on, I heard that was the true. I don't know where you would have heard that, but I'm not. I did some research and I saw your profile, and I just want to say to all the single ladies out there, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Check I'm out not, the Beast Beat portfolio. I'm not on any dating app. I also watched, hey, what was that? Uh, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Have you ever seen that? I think yeah, that's I've the name. Yeah, I've seen that. I saw in the movies. It's an oddly named movie. Yeah. Like, why you should probably name it something different, but that's an underrated movie. I was wasn't too fun. mad at it. And I want to let you know that you're Adam Devine and I'm Zach Efron in that. Why would you say that? Well, I think everybody knows, and I think it's clear as day, but it works out for you because I'm the end. funny and you're not. It, but this is the thing if anybody's seen that movie, we're actually going to trade girlfriends in that or dates for the wedding. Why, who is I can't remember who. I only saw it one time. And I saw it in the movies. I don't even know the girl's name. I know I've seen her awkward interviews with like David Letterman. Oh no, you don't get her, dude. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. I get Susan that. Parks and Rec. I'm getting that for show. No. And you can take the other girl is very attractive as well too. I think Kendrickson, something. I don't. Know, I have no idea. Yeah, kind of a redhead. But I think the other one might be Zoe Deschanel. No, no it's not. That, Zoe yeah, that's the wrong name. Nah. Yeah, that's the wrong name. But she's got shorter hair. She's thinner. But I know who she is. I can see her face. And I know her name. Yeah. Uh, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey. Yeah. So. Shout out to Aubrey. Nah, you don't get her, bro. Okay, well, then I'll recede my comment earlier, and I'll be Adam Devine. So that way <laughs> I can be attracted to her. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Oh, the other one's the girl from uh, the singing movie. Yeah, she's very popular. Uh, Anna Kendrick. I said Kendrick's son. I was close. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not a fan of redheads, so you get Anna Kendrick. 
Oh, no. I don't like red hair, dude. I mean, if you're... If no I, offense. No offense. You know, if this is like the thing where earlier where I had to... Oh, no. You definitely just offended a lot of people. I said no offense if you have red hair. I already said it. Right, but you said you didn't like them before, and then you said no offense, so it's like... Well, that I don't... I'm not attracted to them. I didn't say I didn't like them. I don't... I don't... Uh, I'm not attracted to them. Did you cut the part out where you said they were bad people, or did you leave I, that in here? I definitely cut that out, but you brought it back in. Okay. So... Well, my bad, but... I guess if you're telling me that I don't have any other option but to take the last option, then I'm gonna say you were the one yeah. that you were the one that said that who was who in that movie. Well, the reason why I was Zac Efron was for other reasons. I because think, of High School Musical, you're a big singer. Yeah. Uh, you try to be funny, but you're really not. No. no. And, yeah. Well, th- those are true, but that's not why. Okay. It's because of what happens in the movie. If you haven't seen it recently... It's it, been a long time. I, like I said, I saw it in the movies with DJ. It was pretty A comical. long time ago. It was funny. It's the first I had seen it. I had it on TV. And I will say, when I recorded it, their lips were saying different things than what I was hearing, but it was still Would funny. Would you record it on TBS? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was either TBS or TNT or Paramount Network or FX or one of the... I've been deep into the movie game recently. Really? Yeah. That's been you didn't watch movies in a while. Haven't, and it's like cream. I what do. movies? What movies have you been on lately? That one. What else? You know, I watched uh, Safe House with Denzel. Okay. Good movie. Kind of poor ending, if I might add. Okay. W- wish the ending would have been different. I watched The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg. Great movie. I watched a couple of other ones. Funny ones. The House with. Uh, is that movie good? You know, yes and no. That's the one where they gamble, right? Yeah, where they, they try to get that um, their daughter's raise money for their daughter's college. It's Will Ferrell, and the girl is a popular girl as well, too. Amy Poehler, I feel like maybe. No, I it's a name. It it's a name. If you said it, I'd recognize. But Rafi from the league. I love Rafi, dude. Is a main character. Yeah, I only know him as Rafi. I yeah. don't know him as anything else. And then. Uh, a lot of, lot of other people in there. Was Rafi and Mike and Dave need wedding dates, or was that a different movie he was in? It might have been in Dirty Grandpa. Yeah, I think different one. But I've got Jack Reacher. I think there's two Jack Reachers that have been out. Couldn't tell you. Because I've never I, seen them. I've got those recorded, and then I've got Bad Moms recorded. That's like the uh, the uh, Bridesmaids one, right? It's kind of like that. I think, but I'm not sure. I heard it was good, and so, you know, I'm trying to tap into my emotional side. Have you watched the Equalizer movies? I have them, but I have not seen them. Great. Yeah, Great Denzel, movies. right? Great movies. Yeah. So good. I've been, so I've just been recording them on TV. Both the Equalizer movies, two thumbs up. I have opinion. the new Independence Day waiting on I'm, me at home. I didn't even give it a chance. Really? Didn't, no. I got recorded, so I'll watch it. Because you don't wait for, you don't wait for Will Smith, I'm not watching it. Not doing it. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we could sit here and talk about movies forever. So. Well, you, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, keep liking, keep sharing. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the movie talk at the end, too, after I'd already pretty much ended it. Uh, I apologize to all my friends for being back on the cream. It's all good. It's all good. We knew it was going to happen at some point. It's quicker than what I expected. You went like a, two months. It was longer than what I had hoped for, quicker than I expected. Uh, but if you guys have anything you want to hear us talk about, let us know. We are definitely always open to uh, 
at least look at what you want to say. <laughs> Not necessarily maybe talk about it, but we'll yeah. at least take a look at it. If it's something we want to talk about, we'll do it. If it's about politics, don't even waste your time because we won't talk about it on here. I'd say most of the time we do it. It's just like I said, there's some things that we will never touch on, and yeah. there's some other things that don't fit into what our show you know has going on. Yes. But we, we love when people give us topics because let's keep that conversation going with you all as well too. For sure. So, guys, keep liking, keep sharing, enjoy the episode, and most importantly, beef out. Peace.